0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, what is up? Long time, no see, long time, no talk on the podcast. It's
1: been a long time. I feel like there's nothing that's going on right now that we have to talk about. Yeah,
0: that's that's the one reason why we were okay with this gap of shows is because we thought, you know what, nothing's really happened. There's nothing to talk about. Nope. I mean, even today we were like, you know, we're sitting here for hours game planning this episode and we're thinking, what are we going to talk about? And we're, yeah. we're jotting down some ideas and we're like... That's not even a topic worthy. It's no one's talking about these things. No one cares, mm. especially Cleveland sports in general. Uh, sports overall, nothing happening. No. Cleveland sports, yeah, no. pretty dull.
1: Another it's been, boring, it's been a very week. lame, lame couple weeks. Um, lame, lame couple days too.
0: Yeah, especially if you're a Cleveland fan, you know that this is just rinse and repeat routine. It's no news. We're we're the most bland sports city in the world where nothing happens, I mean, good we, or bad. We're we, just so neutral, we're so vanilla. Well, yeah, this we're looking, sports we're, we're looking
1: to put a new coach in. We should be called uh, Switzerland instead sw- of Cleveland. We're so neutral. <laughs> so neutral and vanilla. Nothing I'm happens. <clears throat>
0: All right. Obviously we're kidding. So much shit has happened. Um lots of shit going on in our lives, lots of shit going on in the real world. Um Bigger than sports, bigger than than anything. So we have, of course, been busy. It's been tough to get get time to do these shows. so Holidays We do too, apologize. I mean, Holidays came came and went
1: quicker all than all of you them. Could imagine. I mean, my <laughs> god,
0: we've had Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. Yeah, it, it feels like I blinked. Like I, I I sincerely remember like my Halloween night, watching movies, passing out candies. And it feels like yesterday. It's been almost three months. Like that's the scariest thing of how quickly time has been going.
1: You know, you think about it. I actually I, that does seem like it was like a couple weeks Honestly, ago. Like, <laughs> I think of the memory of
0: it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like what last week or something. November it's like, and no, December it's been came and went so quick. Gone. It's insane. A blink of an eye. Um, but during that stretch, obviously, a ton of shit has happened. Uh, I think we recorded since the World Series, so we have that covered. Um, we have recorded since the nba championship so we have that covered all that we've really been missing was the entire college season 90 percent of the nfl season yeah. and i mean we're we're good good and well into the nba season for a couple of weeks now so Let's the, get... NBA, the NBA season again. Yes. Yeah, the NBA season has, has started <laughs> up again. It
1: seems like they didn't even have like a week off. To... No, that, this it's... is a
0: weird year. I feel bad for the NBA this time because it, it does suck.
1: That if, they... Now, if LeBron Lebron repeats this year, then he truly is one of the only greatest because there's no rest that guy was given. None. Now he's back into it again. None. So. I mean, the
0: one thing, though, for a guy like LeBron is there's no rest anyway. Like, that guy's taking yeah, days off. True. Even if the season's ending, he's probably working harder than because he knows, I don't have a game tomorrow, so yep. I can work out even That's harder. That's true, true. So, uh, yeah, but with that being said, let's get right into it. uh, Ohio State we'll start off with some good news, a little glimmer in the state of Ohio, and I think that's because they are about two hours away from Cleveland, so they don't get the rain cloud over them as much as we do <laughs>
1: um fun fact about that. you notice that someone actually went and like dug into like our weather history in the last like three months we haven't or two months we haven't had a sunny day since november started i believe it is this the first one today it might be today is
0: the first one because like being on second shift i stay up late i sleep in a little bit more so like i don't really see a lot of the sun myself you're just a vampire now pretty much i wake up i don't i don't leave my house till i I see the sun a little bit if it's out and that's when i go to work and then i leave work it's nighttime dark so yeah i I don't see the sun at all yeah you know it's
1: on a sports talk um, ninety two three to fan yesterday. They're talking about it, and they said, yeah, like two months since November, like maybe the first weekend of November up until whatever. Now I, there has not been a sunny day in Cleveland. It
0: makes a lot of sense because my wife even mentioned that we we woke up the other day and she was even like, she's like, man, I'm so tired lately. She's like, I don't know if it's the weather, or what? And I'm like, yeah, it is just gloomy all day. Like every day I wake up, I don't know so if sad. it's is it nighttime? is it morning? I have no idea what time. If I if we didn't own clocks, I'd be fucked because I have no <laughs> idea. But today, a little bit of sun. <clears throat> I actually went down to my basement today, and I, I it looked really bright on the one side of my my basement, <laughs> and I thought, did I leave the lights on last yeah. night? And I walked over there to turn them off. No, there was just sun coming just through sun, a window. Yeah, I haven't this? seen that ever. What is that bright ball? Of I didn't energy know it was it was bright enough to light up my basement like that. <laughs> Never seen that before. But uh, but yes, Ohio State—they are in the national championship this Monday night against Alabama. Um, they had a little revenge game and then some against Clemson. A week ago,
1: they done pissed off Justin Fields, and that guy went off. That's
0: you know I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm an, I'm an Ohio State fan. I've said it before. Uh, I'm not a diehard though. I'm not like you know the the Super Buckeye fans that live and live and die with the Buckeyes. I like them. When they lose, I'm not too happy. If they lose fair and square, I kind of get over it quickly. When they lost to Clemson last year, I was irate. They had that game taken away from them by the officials multiple times, uh, getting guys thrown out for for. Uh, targeting the bullshit no-catch fumble from Clemson towards the end of the game that straight-up cost Ohio State. I mean, they scooped and scored that ball. You mean the
1: catch two steps and then fumble? Maybe more than two steps, That he didn't complete his pass? Yeah, bullshit. So that really irritated me, and
0: that still kind of didn't sit well with me even a year prior or past. And so I was going into this game, and I'm thinking, you know what? Clemson's a good team. They're well-coached. They lost a lot last year, but they didn't lose as much as Ohio State. Right. And I thought if that team was able to if that team couldn't beat Clemson last year, even with a little help from the refs, this team, fair and square, still might run into some trouble. So I was a little skeptical going to that game, to be honest. I was expecting I hate to say it, I was expecting a Clemson blowout. So I had people texting me, hey, do you want to play video games, this and that? And I'm like, yeah, I want to watch the game, but if it's a blowout, I'll let you know. Only on the other side. Because did you know it was, was going to be a blowout? It out on was a blowout, and I sat through the entire thing because when when the team you like is winning, that's that's always a plus.
1: So when the team you like drops six touchdowns on a yeah. team that ha- you shouldn't score that many points against, then yeah, when, you, then you want team, to sit back and watch it a little bit. Would
0: they give up like they average like less than twenty points? Oh, giving up a game horrible. or something like that. Yeah, defense, yeah, yeah. And then Ohio State puts up fucking 50. 40, yeah, was it fifty? It was uh, forty. Seven. Something like that. It was like right around 50. I was just rounding up.
1: Yeah. I, I know that, I know that Justin Fields had six touchdowns himself. Let's see here. OSU Clemson. Um...
0: Yeah. But I mean, it was insane. Yeah. OSU Clemson game, I guess. Oh, no no. not 49, That's it. Yeah. So 50, 49, 28. But yeah, that's, you know, a stout defense, a prolific, high powered offense. And we held him to 28, which in college, that's actually a pretty low score for the number two team in the country. Um, and defensively, they allow 49 points. That's fucking crazy. Ohio State just put on a clinic. Justin Fields was on fire. He, he got smashed in the ribs. That um, was a brutal
1: hit. I don't which, I don't agree with the call that they had with targeting, but, I mean, it's college, I guess.
0: Yeah, I hate the rule. I do understand that they want to protect the players, so I think what they should do is you should be warned. Yeah. Give, give a guy two chances, because sometimes— Yes there's targeting and yes there are times where you just there's nothing else you can do with your head. Right. So, like last year, and I don't want to sound like I'm biased because I'm Ohio State guy, but again, I'm not a diehard, so I I don't want to act like that Sean Wade last year did not it was not a targeting hit when he got ejected from the game against Clemson. Right. This year, I forgot the linebacker's name, little white kid, Polish probably. Um <laughs> I thought I think it ends with like Ski, I don't remember. <laughs> Something like that. Um but if at his hit the way his head was positioned, I could understand them them wanting to warn him. I don't think you should be ejected right away because for every one time that a guy does it on purpose, there's probably a hundred guys that just there's nothing else they can do. Yeah. And for that to cost you the game, especially a game of that magnitude, I think it's a little it's a little too much, but it's college, they don't want to pay the players. They definitely don't want to pay for their, their CTE scans later, so they're right. going to just let them get a, get ejected right I away. I think in
1: that, in that play alone, I think the, the, the defensive player had really good field awareness and knew that he could not let him get past yeah. a certain line. And and when he came in, he just literally put his head down. Yeah. Like any young guys taught when playing football is you put your head down and you drive them into the ground. Yep. And I think that's what he was trying to do. Now, on the side note, you look into it. I think this is his second or third time this year that he's been – accused yeah he's of of being he's known for leading with his head yeah so but
0: again leading with your head is not illegal right just depends how you do it though exactly so it's a tough it's a it's a slippery slope i think ncaa college football they need to they need to work on that but do you want to give a guy two chances if he is a dirty kind of player right so it's it is a it's it's a tough call but i think they should do away with the, the the one and done uh targeting call ejection just because like i said it's Sometimes guys don't do it on purpose. Sometimes they might, but give them two chances, like the right. NFL. If I you know. get a, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in the NFL, they warn you and say if he gets another one, he will be ejected. Right. So obviously if you fight or something stupid like that, you get ejected immediately, and that goes without saying. That's
1: any sport. I think Clemson's uh, loss to this is attributed to two things. Uh, one, I, I don't think Dabo did any justice himself with his mouth-running weeks prior Bulletin board material. That's all it did. I mean, one thing you learn about Ohio State in the past and you know, maybe it's any any team is that when you start throwing Ohio State out as the underdog or underrated, look what happened to Alabama back a couple years ago. Yep. Um, Clemson now. I mean, they always rise to the occasion. I think the other reason why they lost this game is because I feel that they completely utilized uh, Trevor Lawrence the wrong way. And they yeah. have been the last couple years. Yep. They have made Trevor Lawrence more of a step back three steps and then run type quarterback and put run plays into his arsenal and not have him five step back and just fucking unleash that arm because yeah. that guy has an amazing arm, strong arm, accurate thrower, and they weren't utilizing that, especially in this game. You notice he didn't drop back and throw it. And granted, we did have really good yeah. pressure on him and stuff, but they weren't utilizing his arm ability. They were trying to get him to run sweet plays. Yep. They're trying to drop back and run up the middle to sneak. And I just think that they were their own worst enemy that,
0: in a in a blowout game like that,
1: <clears throat>
0: Clemson's playing from behind. You have to kind of throw away the run game. <clears throat> Excuse me, as the game progresses. You would think the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, let him sling it. You need to come back. You're down by twenty plus points. Sling it, nonstop throwing. <clears throat> I agree. They I think they, they tried a little too hard to establish the run game. They tried a little too hard to just get the running backs involved with screenplays, you know, little dump outs to the flat. They could have gotten Trevor Lawrence a little more. I would, I would say open up the downfield, then you attack with the with, sure. the, with the short stuff. Instead, so they did it the opposite. They tried to, to bait Ohio State with the short stuff and then ex, ex, expand the field, and it just
1: never worked. Ohio, Ohio State was ready for it. They were on top of mostly anything, and they were just looking forward to hitting Trevor Lawrence and as best they could. And, and I was shocked, honestly.
0: I was, I was, again, I went in expecting Ohio State to lose that game. Now, Monday night, how do you feel about it? Alabama's
1: a damn good team. So they're a seven-point favorite, right? I believe right now. Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a. It's, in my opinion, I still think it's a pick 'em because I don't know. I mean, when you have a team that has that many potential first-round picks for next year's draft on it, mm. you have a Heisman Trophy winner. Yep. Which I don't know that kid's that kid's like a twig, man. I'm not quite sure how he's a Heisman Trophy winner. But... <clears throat> it's all
0: about stats. It was a weird year. Again, I, I think it. if Justin Fields had a full year, I think if if Trevor Lawrence had a full year, him missing that game with the COVID, maybe that interfered with his stats. Maybe he did play a little passive this year because he is worried about his future and he's like you know what i i won a championship in clemson i'm happy with that i'm gonna kind of take it easy this year because i know i'm going pro yeah that's kind of how i took it with clemson this year yeah but dabble sweeney talked shit as if they were
1: going full strength right i agree i agree and uh <coughs> the other thing is that the running back for alabama is legit too yeah that's taking no, they have a great team Tra- I, I, it's, it's i don't know i think ohio state might get beat um, now, I, I don't know. I, there's rumors with COVID issues at Ohio State. Have we heard anything more about that? Like
0: uh, it, Anything I've heard or everything I've heard is just that there are some concerns, but Ohio State says they plan on playing the game as is. They're so not they even, don't
1: have to release who has COVID, I guess. I don't think so, no. So I don't know. I mean, if we have players out for Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, depending that, on who they are, depending Even if they're
0: key players, then that I'd could really concerned. screw us. But. but if
1: it go into it full <clears throat> staff like we did against Clemson, then I think it's going to be a pretty legit game. And the fact that Ohio State
0: seems fairly confident that the game will be played as scheduled Monday mm-hmm. night, they're not yeah. worried about anything, makes me think that they're not higher echelon players. So
1: I think it's going to be a good game. I think Ohio State does lose by a touchdown. <clears throat>
0: okay. I could see that. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I think Ohio State's going to come up a little short because Alabama is just a good team. Yeah. And I do think that the Ohio State... Kinda of blew their load against Clemson, in my opinion, maybe. Mm-hmm. I hope not. But I think maybe they were more concerned about revenge against Clemson that they kinda they did they did. They they went all out. Forty nine points. They held nothing back. But <clears throat> that is Zach Day. That is how he coaches. Yeah. He doesn't hold anything back. No. He doesn't take his foot off the gas. If you're up by two touchdowns, he says, Let's make it three. Like let's keep yeah, going. He, There's he no le- he does a
1: real curb stomp to people, mm-hmm. you know, bite the curb type scenario. That's how you should do it. <clears throat> You know
0: the, the the other teams trying just as hard to try to catch up and score some points. If you let them in it a little bit, you could end up fucking yourself. So I'd be say, nice
1: if certain pro coaches had that same mentality, but they we'll, should. We won't get into that.
0: You know, there's a little too much like sportsmanship of oh well, we had a big lead so we decided to take it easy. You know. Then if you lose that game because you
1: took it easy, you look like a fucking asshole. You mean being up with like forty some points at halftime and then not scoring the entire second half? Exactly. Okay. Just yes. Was I'm I just threw that idea out there. I've never heard somebody doing that before. Right.
0: No. It's it's for <laughs> first time we we're ever even mentioning a scenario like this. But yeah, I mean, honestly, just if you're up by if you're up by a few touchdowns, whatever, any sport, if you're up by anything, keep going, keep trying to score. Yep. I am all for it, because. You never know what can happen. Agree. Crazy things can happen. Your job to score, their job is to play defense, and then vice versa, their job is to score. You're all doing the same thing. Your your objective is the same. Keep going. That's how sports are. Yep. Sports sports are meant to be played nonstop. Yep. Pedal to the metal. Uh so yeah, so I think we're both in agreement, Ohio State. Gonna come up a little short on Monday night, but kudos to them for getting there. Uh, I think this will mark the first 11th ranked team to make it to a national championship <laughs> game. So that, <laughs> kudos. that joke never gets old. Kudos to Ohio State and Dabo Sweeney for the motivation. <laughs> um, God, what, a, what a joke that guy is. Uh, before we start getting onto the the somber stuff, we'll we'll talk about another little glimmer of hope in Cleveland, Ohio, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who are they? Who are they? They are the redheaded ages, stepchild of like. Cleveland sports because apparent, unfortunately, they are the bottom barrel. <clears throat> they are the only team to bring this this city a championship in my entire lifetime.
1: It's true, but they don't get and, talked about, and we
0: talk. We we don't even think about them. I personally am a big Cavs fan. Basketball is one of my favorite sports. I've watched almost every Cavs game. I've at least listened to every Cavs game while I'm at work. Um, what they're doing? What uh, credit to JB Bickerstaff? Truly, oh yeah, because the roster's young. There's a lot of room for improvement, but. He's doing a lot with a little because we have a lot of guys out right now. I mean, De- Matthew Dellavedova, who I hate, everyone knows played, that. I don't think he's played yet yeah, start. he's been on. Uh, con- he's been in concussion protocol since the preseason. He fell in a preseason game and he's been in concussion protocol for almost a month now. So that's a little alarming to me. Did I'm he not get sure. Hit by another guy? Like, if I'm not he, mistaken, he tackled? I think. No, he landed on the ground and hit his head. Like he was going in for a layup, I think he got bumped down or something, and he he hit his head on the floor. But yeah, I mean, concussion protocol for almost a month. Yeah, NFL guys get fucking knocked out. Donovan Peoples Jones looked dead a yep, week ago. Yep, he's
1: back out playing. Less
0: than a week ago, he's been cleared. He'll be out there Sunday. Yeah. I Meanwhile, would... <laughs> a basketball player fell, albeit hit his head on a hardwood floor. I, I'm not going to you know take away that. I'm sure it hurt, but it's been almost but a month. On. So that's some, something's up there. Yeah. Um, you have Kevin Porter Jr., who turned out to be the the rookie steal of the draft potentially last year. He obviously got into some issues in the offseason. He was arrested with gun possession in Lake County or a few months ago, everyone thought, because I think they dismissed the charges, everyone thought he'd be okay. He has not been with the team. All the Cavs have said uh, personal reasons. They won't come out and say why he hasn't played. He hasn't,
1: I mean. Is he in trouble with uh, the coach, you think?
0: That's that's kind of what I think. It's an internal yeah. punishment. But I think if you're going to do that, you should tell the, tell the fans. Tell your, because you're allowing fans in there, albeit not many. Tell your paying customers why they're not allowed to see this player. Tell the if you really want to punish this guy, and you're just telling people it's personal reasons that puts that gets him off the hook. That's not punishment. Like I'm not a I'm not a parent, nor is Kyle. But if if I'm I'm assuming we'd be the same way. Like if I have kids and my kid's in trouble, and someone says, "Hey, can so and so come out and play?" or you know whatever, I'm gonna say, "No, he's in trouble because he did this." I want everyone to know what he did. Grounded. You're not just gonna be grounded silently. I'm gonna tell everybody what you did. Hang a flag out. So you're embarrassed about it. That's how you teach people things. You shame them. That's why, if you ever saw Game of Thrones, when they made Cersei walk through the fucking town naked with the bell, going, shame, shame. You know why they did that? Because it fucking works. It's effective. You shame people when they do something. (laughs) So, Kevin Porter Jr. has been out with personal reasons, as all the Cavs will say. I think it could be punishment, because he, he was cleared of everything. So it's not like a legal thing. And if the NBA wanted to come down and suspend him, then they could do that. But there's been no official word from Adam Silver or anything of the NBA. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I, I do think it might be an internal punishment thing, but the Cavs are being very coy and they won't tell anybody. And I find that very annoying because you have a fan base that deserves to to get some answers. Um, Darius Garland's been a little banged up. Colin Sexton's been banged up. He actually missed his first game as a pro. I mean, he's only played, this is his third season, but uh Colin Sexton missed his first game ever as a pro Thursday night Cavs ended up winning still right which is crazy but I also think we got a little help because if John Morant was healthy for the the Memphis Grizzlies right. I don't
1: think we were winning that game but what a year I'll though for Colin Sexton he's like I think it's gonna be coming out here this year I mean he's is... looking
0: that way I mean uh he he's he's cooled down a little bit but to start the season he was I think he was leading the league in scoring mm-hmm. for like a week which is you know nothing to slouch at that's no. impressive um i'm impressed with Gar- with garland and sexton <clears throat> and their ability to pass and actually play as like small guards because they can score we know that yeah at least sexton garland is still to be determined i'm still a little skeptical on that pick and i've taken some heat from it from people because i'm <laughs> questioning it but i'm just being an honest person
1: you take heat from people for questioning stuff yeah never we'll well more that on before. that later never heard about that before S- stay
0: tuned <laughs> um but, yeah, so Darius Garland's been a little questionable of a pick to me. Dylan Windler, I was excited for him to come back. He fucking basically broke his hand in the first game of the season, so that guy just has no luck. He went from, like, never being hurt in his entire life to... Twice. Breaking his leg, missing an entire season, yep. and then breaking his hand in the first game of the next season. Yep. His first NBA game ever... It's just not meant to broke be. his hand. It, it really, it's looking that way. So, I'm, I'm, hopefully they can get him back on the field. Kevin or on, Love's on the court. been
1: in and out, too, this year.
0: Kevin Love's played two games, I think. Yeah, he's... He missed the first couple games of the year with a calf strain, went out and played, re-aggravated the calf strain. Now he's out for at least a month. Um, Somebody else left with a calf strain. Someone else just went out for
1: like four four to six weeks. uh... Oh, uh, Dante Axum's out for a few weeks.
0: Um, So yeah, the Cavs are super banged up, but we're playing a role of basketball. And I don't want to get too technical right now because I can really... I can really, you know, I love the guy, so I take this as a compliment. I can really go Greg Sherwood when it comes to talking sports. (laughs) Greg loves breaking down, like, shit that most people don't think about, and that's how I am when I talk about sports, and that's what gets me into a lot of trouble because I bring up shit that other people just don't think about. Like, we'll get on that with Baker and and the Browns later. I have a lot to talk about with that, but (laughs) I look at other things than just wins and losses. I look at, you know, in the NBA, there is the plus-minus ratio of players being on the court. There are weird little stats that most people don't think about that I, I pay attention to. So when the Cavs came into this season with JaVale McGee, they had traded for, which you know, breaking news, if you didn't know about that, I don't think we recorded since they traded. <laughs> no, I don't
1: think we, no, I think we did. I think I we recorded last, maybe, no, maybe it was a great I crease, honestly don't right think around. we had
0: JaVale McGee yet. God, it's been a while, yeah. So when we traded for JaVale McGee, I I assumed, and I told everybody that like asked me about it, I said, I think he's he's going to be here for a cup of coffee. Yep. He's literally, he's, he's traded to the Cavs, and they're going to get rid of him right away. Instead, he's here, and I thought, okay, that's kind of weird. He wasn't practicing, wasn't playing in preseason games or whatever. So I'm like, is this guy gonna play? And he's turning out to be one of our best players. Yeah, and he—it's it, amazing because I was blinded. i am am a fanatic at, at times. I hated Javale McGee because he was on the Warriors. Of course we did. Yeah, the Warriors did. team was beating us. Javale McGee, I think, isn't a very good basketball player. And when he was, he looked great against he was in the us Lakers sometimes. last year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he won some championships with the with the Warriors. Goes to the Lakers last year, gets another championship. Uh, there it is patented burp first one of 2021 on a podcast not
1: even drinking any seltzer stuff i got coffee way. and water here yeah, in front okay. of
0: me um but yeah so i thought Javel mcgee would just be here for a cup of coffee didn't think he'd buy into a rebuild with the cavaliers i thought you know he's getting older he's been in the league for like 15 years at this point yeah. or 12 whatever um i thought you know this guy's gonna say fuck you i want to go to a contender and just keep going for rings and he's turning into a mentor for 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 andre drummond for the entire Cavs organization and I couldn't be happier with the guy, to be honest. Right.
1: Drummond's actually doing pretty well, too. He's actually... Oh, he is. I was going yeah, to get yeah, to that, sorry.
0: too. Oh, yeah, that... No, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, I just from what I've seen, and mind you, I'm very limited what I can see because I have Hulu Live and I don't get any of the fucking games. Mm. So I have to watch either through someone else's account or <sighs> just try to you know catch it when I can with highlights. It's It sucks. But Andre Drummond is, is dominating. Yeah. Like, what I've seen, I, I, I feel like, and I know you're going to get to this point, but that the coaching staff has found a way... To make everything click yeah. to a point, very limited click, but click to a point that it's actual the flow of basketball makes sense for this team. The yeah, in and out. The the meaning you have the big guys down low, and you're able to inter you know intersect the, uh, the call them the Sex Land backcourt. I love that nickname um, by the way, Garland
0: uh, and, and Colin Sexton. Welcome sex to Sex land. land. Yeah, the Cavs unfortunately as an organization can't uh, promote that. They they tweeted a joke about it the other day, and they said. While we can't mention the nickname, your favorite duo are on a hoodie right. together, and they were selling
1: a T-shirt. Right. So I, I just think what I well, like what I've seen. It's it's been, but Drummond is like a whole new. Like he comes he comes from Detroit, thinking he's just going to be here to collect a paycheck. He's not going to stick around. He picks up his player option. Obviously, who wouldn't want to yeah, pick who up that money? Take twenty six million. Um, but he actually isn't just sitting around collecting a paycheck. He's actually busting his ass out there, which is great.
0: Yeah, my issue with it when we initially traded for him was that's not the NBA. That's not the current NBA. Is not structured around Big a men, center. Yeah. You're, you're. I mean, I'm used to the Cavaliers, where our tallest player and our center was was Tristan Thompson, who's maybe six ten in 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 lifts. So when we traded for Andre Drummond, I'm like, what is this? And then now I'm starting to realize there is a bit of a shift in the NBA. That the Golden State Warrior shoot and that's <laughs> it. Just just chuck up threes is kind of it's it's changing. And then Steve Kerr even commented on that because the Warriors aren't very good this year. Albeit Clay Thompson is out, but the Warriors are still struggling to kind of find their identity. They got blown out in the first game of the season against the Nets, which was kind of bittersweet. I didn't know who to root for in that game. Yeah.
1: a bomb could have gone off and I would have been. Kyrie happy and, with them and both.
0: Durant can both go fuck themselves in Brooklyn. Together they look great, but they did lose Spencer Dinwiddie for the, the season, so that's huge for them. Um but but yeah, so I I'm thinking the NBA is kinda of shifting, and that's why I was also nervous when we traded for JaVale McGee and he ended up staying, because I'm thinking we have these two seven-foot offensive, offensively challenged kind of players. Like, they're not known as offensive players. Right. Defense, rebounds, of course. That's great. And I thought, well, interesting. Then the draft happens. We hadn't even talked about the Cavs draft. No. Fuck. Uh, well, the NBA draft, I should say. The Cavs took Isaac Akuro. Uh, what, would we have fifth overall? Yeah, we, we from got Auburn. fucked on that, too. Um, the balls. So they take Isaac Akuro, who was known for not being a scorer for defense. defense. So yeah. when we drafted him, I'm like, holy shit, we're gonna average like sixty points a game. Who the fuck's gonna score on this <laughs> team? And then lo and behold, I mean, don't get me wrong, defense is their number one thing. The Cavs playing defense, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Just listening to the game, I think Andre Drummond leads the league in steals, or maybe it's Sexton. Somebody on the Cavs like led the is leading the league in steals, at least they were the last time I heard. Um, they're the way they can lock a team down on defense, like it goes both ways because, again, we're we're offensively challenged right now with some injuries, but a couple weeks ago I'm watching a game we were playing Atlanta. I turned it on because I didn't even know the Cavs were playing. I think it was maybe last Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but the Cavs were playing the Atlanta Hawks a couple weeks ago or a week ago, whatever, and I turned the game on. It's a little after halftime, and I'm like, all right, or maybe it's even before halftime, whatever. Cavs are down by, like, 15, 16 points. I'm like, oh, shit, they didn't show up tonight. Like, they're struggling. They can't score, and – I I continue to watch the game and check in on it every once in a while. Next thing I know, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, they're down by 10. Right. All right. They're only down by eight. I'm like, all right, I'll watch. I'll see what happens. Cavs came back and won the game. Yeah. And that's because they know how to lock a team down on defense. And I don't want to say by any means, am I comparing them to a championship contending team? (laughs) I don't want anyone to know (laughs) that. But it's a
1: start, though. I mean, what I was
0: going to say is it reminds me of the Lakers in the playoffs. I remember watching the Lakers, and there were times where I was rooting for the Lakers. As all of you know, I'm a LeBron James fan. I've come to appreciate after watching the Last Dance documentary. Watch greatness. I'm just so happy that I get to see LeBron James. I'm more than happy that he was a Cavalier and brought us a championship. But he is honestly, in my opinion, I think he's the greatest basketball player I've ever watched. The things he can do on the floor with his size, his speed, his athleticism, strength, all of the above. I think he's the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. So I was, of course, rooting for the Lakers. So as I was watching the playoffs and the finals and all of that very, very intently uh, or intensely, I was watching every Lakers game, watching the Lakers go down by like five to ten and then lock teams the fuck down. I remember a sequence. I think it was in the the Western Conference Finals, I think. I think they played the Jazz. Um, but whoever it was, either way, I just remember a sequence of Rajon Rondo and the Lakers defense just they they stole like four straight passes from this team and just fast break, fast break back, fast break. They're back in the game. Yep. That quickly. They're just like, "All right, let's
1: turn on the defense." An eight eight point swing right there. Yeah,
0: and the Cavs can have been doing that. And that's crazy to see. A young team with like hardly any playoff experience for most of these guys, and they're turning on defense like a championship-caliber team. Albeit, they are doing it. We, we haven't had the toughest schedule. We haven't played any hard teams, really. The Orlando Magic are a pretty decent team. They, the Hawks are okay.
1: They wiped our ass twice in a row. Yeah, the
0: Magic beat our ass twice, but again, we're dealing with so many injuries. Yeah. Uh, they're, the Magic are a good team. Compared to the Cavaliers, I think they're a little bit ahead of us. So that's expected. Uh, The Memphis Grizzlies, as I said earlier, with Cavs beat them. uh, They had to make a little comeback against them. Uh, They were without John Morant. Maybe that changes things. But the Hawks were full strength. The Hawks came in expected to be one of the better teams in the East with Trey Young. Maybe this is his big breakout year.
1: And the Cavs beat them on their home court. So that's, you know, Cavs have some impressive wins. What I like about it is the fact that all these players outside of, I mean, we have love for another two years if we keep them, right? Yeah you had these players for at least the next three to four years. Mm-hmm. Most of them. Yeah. And if you're starting now with your setting as we will get to the Browns, but as like Stefanski did this year, you set the tone, you set the expectation. This is what we are. This is the culture yeah. we have. He's doing that now with this group of young players. And if yeah. the Cavs add with free agents and honestly, Kobe, Kobe Altman's doing, I, th- I think, a pretty damn good job with trying to structure and bring people in and stuff like that. If they continue to do that, then this Cavs team is just going to pr- move itself back into yeah. playoff contention. I'm not saying they're going to be the LeBron James team, but at least with LeBron, it was LeBron and then role players. At least with this team, it's a lot of people who work yeah. together as one. The way I look at it,
0: and everybody used to compare this, and I'm not saying we're going to come away with, with th- three separate MVPs and three separate right. Hall of Famers, but a lot of people always said you should build your team like the Oklahoma City Thunder did. <clears throat> the Oklahoma City Thunder, back when they had their good rains, or reigns runs, was just draft. It was just draft good players. They drafted yeah. Russell Westbrook. They drafted Kevin Durant. They drafted, I mean, albeit Durant was uh, Seattle. Seattle but still. Yeah, it's the Seattle's same, same standard, concept. Yeah. And draft your talented players. They drafted... Westbrook, Harden, Durant, Steven Adams, um, um, uh, what the fuck was the one guy's name, Serge Ibaka, guys like that, that you just, they draft, they develop, and these guys turn out to be pretty damn good players. And that, that Thunder team should have won a championship or two. That Thunder team blew a 3-1 lead before the Warriors blew a, th- a 3-1 lead that year. Yeah, that's Boo if you hear her bell. She's very lovey today, which is very unlike her. She just jumped in my lap. She's letting Kyle pet her. That's, That's the sign like that the 2021 is off to a crazy start. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> the fact I'm not getting me out at her bit right now. Is she's amazing. lovey.
0: But, uh, but yeah, so the, what JB Bickerstaff, what Kobe Altman is doing with the Cavaliers is in, more than impressive. I was going in, I think last year I was like a little, I had my Cavs glasses on and I said, Hey, maybe they could sneak in as an eight seed. They're yeah. young. Maybe this was before they even played a game. So was I naive? Sure. However, when we let, uh, the hell was that old guy's name that was our coach last year for half the year oh, before we let him go? I don't even shit. remember his name. The
1: uh, guy from M- John M- Beeline. Yeah, Beeline, yeah.
0: So, yeah, we, when, when we parted ways with him, and then that's when J.B. Bickerstaff took over, that Cavs team was actually playing really well, and they were kind of looking like they could sneak into a playoff team. However, because of the COVID-shortened season, the Cavs weren't allowed to come back and play, and it went right to the playoffs. But I feel
1: like if that season would have been able to play out, the Cavs might have been able to sneak in. I feel like they um Beeline because – they brought in Ty Lu with the older guy. The, who's the guy who was coached before Ty Lu?
0: Um, fuck. It's who did the, we get rid of? The guy from yeah. It's the and He was coaching overseas. He never coached here. I can't remember his name off the top. But of they my head. brought
1: him in because of his relationship with players. Yeah, just to be knowing that he's going to take over the team. Yep. And they brought in JD the same thing to know that he's going to take the team over probably and have the connection to players. And now look where he's at. It's feel like the Cavs. That's twice now they've done that, where they bring in a an assistant coach, knowing that yeah you're probably going to be a coach here shortly because we're not going to keep this guy around. David Blatt. Blatt, there. You yeah.
0: Go. So David Blatt was you know the head coach. the The Cavs let him go in the middle of the season. Ty Lue took over. Cavs ended up winning the championship that year. Um, but you see what I'm saying? No, like I
1: feel like that's twice they've done that, where they bring yeah. in like an assistant coach, knowing that this team's going to yeah, be yours. It,
0: it's going to be handed to you soon. And yeah, the issue with Bayline, from what I've always heard, was that he just didn't. He didn't relate to the players at all. He was an older guy, much older. Like, honestly, he was, like, almost too old to get that contract. When, right. when it happened, I made jokes to people about how old he was. And I was like, I mean, this guy's either going to retire or die, like, before this contract <laughs> runs out. And then there was the whole situation where um, – what did he do? He called them like maggots or something yep. like something stupid. Like he just, he couldn't relate to the players. The, the players weren't feeling it. They, what, they weren't buying what, in.
1: Who, didn't he call them thugs?
0: Thugs. That's it. And he, yeah, he didn't, he try to claim he called them bugs or something stupid. Yeah, it was like yeah. the dumbest thing. I knew it had something to do with yeah. it. Thugs. With and then, insects. then that's,
1: new, that's when he, uh, we, was we let him go pretty much that. right after. Yeah. But yeah, you just,
0: you, you can't put a, you know, 70 year old dude in a room full of 18, 19 year olds and go, all right. um, You know, Make these kids listen to you and 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 like value your your thoughts and it just doesn't work all the time. Right. Sometimes it just doesn't work, especially with a guy like Bayline who didn't have any NBA experience. He was a great coach. In um, oh, here we go. We got a little update. Sorry, everybody. Breaking news on the Browns. Kind of. <clears throat> I have Harrison Bryant, Ronnie Harrison, Malcolm Smith all activated from the reserve. Reserve COVID nineteen. That's big. The rest of the players. Like Denzel Ward, the big one, no news yet. So, I'm 90% Oh,
1: no, positive. there it
0: is. Cornerbacks Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson remain on the COVID list and will not play Sunday. That's official. Oh, my God. So we are down our two.
1: That sucks.
0: Damn, that sucks. All right. Well, anyway. Sorry for that little delay of, of sound there, but it happens. That's some big news that came down. So that's not good for the Browns, but we'll get to them in a little bit. <clears throat> so yeah, the Cavs, it's nice to spend a little time on them here for the show. It's early in the season for the NBA, so obviously it, if, if this week wasn't so fucking crazy for the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, we would spend a little more time on the NBA. I, I, I do enjoy basketball. I think it's one of the least talked about sports, especially on like a national circuit or even local when it comes to like sports talk. So I hope to be a place where people can come and get some Cavaliers news and a little NBA news, too, because I do follow the NBA pretty good, pretty well. So we'll be moving on now to the sad news of the week. As we say our goodbyes to Francisco Lindor and Cookie Carrasco. (laughs) Should
1: we play Taps? No, too (laughs) soon,
0: too soon. Uh, So we all saw this coming. We all knew this was going to happen. It's a shame that we know these things are going to happen. Basically, Ken Carman put it perfectly, if you guys are familiar with him, Cleveland media radio guy. He said, whenever you get a good player on a team, it's pretty much like you're putting them in sports hospice. We're here to just enjoy them while they're here, make them as comfortable as possible, and we know eventually we got to pull the plug and it's going to be the end. We know that with, with the Indians. So, same happened with Francisco Lindor. I got to watch arguably the best player to ever put on a Cleveland Indians uniform. And I'm happy for that. I watched multiple playoff runs. Well, they didn't. Some of them didn't run very far. um, But I watched multiple. Lindor never
1: showed up for the playoffs, though. It's okay.
0: Yeah, Uh, he did the the World Series year. He had some huge, huge moments. Playoffs, yes. World Series, no.
1: He wasn't right, (laughs) (laughs) but kind of invisible during that time.
0: He Lindor was again arguably one of the best Indians to ever put on a uniform, and he's gone. Can I even say Indians? Because that's another thing we no, didn't no, need to no, talk no.
1: about. No, it's the Cleveland Baseball team. Currently. Yeah,
0: the Cleveland Baseball Club. Uh, the Indians are changing their name. They have traded Lindor. They did away with Chief Wahoo a year ago. Um, we currently have a $40 million payroll, about, maybe even less technically. And last year, the lowest payroll in baseball was about $60 million from the Marlins. So the Indians are currently sitting at the third... Or at the lowest uh, payroll in baseball, which is pathetic. And what I what why I said third is because I was thinking of something I was going to talk about. I heard I heard yesterday Austin Hedges, our backup catcher that we traded. He was part of the deal right. with Clevenger last year. Uh, he's our third highest paid player on the team.
1: Oh, Jesus, Christ. he's a
0: backup catcher. <laughs> he is the third highest paid player on this team. My How God. fucking embarrassing as a, as a franchise. What Did
1: you figure out the payroll was what thirty eight million?
0: Yeah, it's like right around 40 basically. There's some some things that could change it one way or another. So, yeah, it's looking like it's going to be um about 40 million. As of right now, do I expect them to make any signings? No, fuck no. Um I don't know. I'm I'm very down on the Indians. The Indians in return, they got some prospects, they got some some day one players. They got uh probably I'm going to guess that uh what the fuck's his name? Ahmad Rosario will be our starting shortstop next year. Andres. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Jimenez. Not Jimenez. is it Jimenez? Yeah. Uh, or Jimenez. However you pronounce it. He is going to be probably our starting second baseman. We got. Um, I can't remember all their names. Unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me. I don't feel like looking it up because it's depressing. We got an outfielder prospect and we got a pitching prospect. The pitching prospect, I think, was a second round pick in 2019. The outfielder. Uh, forgot his name, but I, I looked a little bit up about him. He was projected. A lot of people compare him to like Garrett Anderson, if you guys remember him from the Anaheim Angels from way back when. Yes, back when they were actually just called Anaheim Angels. Anaheim
1: Angels. Maybe
0: even the California Angels for a little bit. He might have been on them. Yeah, Jimenez,
1: um, uh, Rosario, Josh Wolf, and Isaiah, Isaiah Green. That's it. Isaiah Green and
0: Josh Wolf. So, yeah, Wolf is the pitcher, right? Yep. Yeah, so he's a second round pick from 2019. Uh, and then. <clears throat> green is the outfielder that again, just from quick Google from what my friends say, those two are the, I have some friends that are Mets fans, by the way, they love the trade.
1: Oh, I'm sure they do. They
0: feel like it was a highway robbery. They oh, got, we Lindor got for nothing. We
1: got, yeah, We got taken to the woodshed on that one.
0: They, they said though, that green and wolf were the ninth and 10th respectively, uh, prospects in the Mets farm system. So we got two top 10 players technically, but you're trading away a future hall of famer an all-star. Um, Cookie was an all-star once. You have two all-stars, one of them obviously an aging pitcher, the other one maybe getting into his prime, shortstop. You didn't even come away with a top-five fucking prospect. It's just, I get it. Your back's against the wall because everyone and their fucking brother knows that Lindor's gone. But you didn't trade him at the deadline. You traded him with a full year left on his contract. Right. And you still didn't even come away with a
1: top-five fucking player. That's what's sickening to me. Because, I mean, why couldn't you go and keep him one more year Um, knowing that, if I'm not mistaken, knowing that every baseball player, I believe, before the season starts getting a vaccine. So you're going to have a pretty much close to full season. Yeah, Um. Normal, Maybe, normalcy, and you can get and maybe trade them at the deadline with value being higher than what it is right now. It doesn't make sense to me. Let's just call it what it is. It wasn't a trade. It's a salary dump. It was a a payroll dump. It's all it was. Yeah, if we
0: held on to Lindor for half the season, the Dolans have to pay Lindor for half that season. So they just said, you know what? We can get rid of that money right now. See ya. Um, I mean, I, I, part of it, I understand you don't want to hold on to a guy for too long because Lindor did have some injury issues last year and you don't want to risk. Maybe he gets hurt and you can't trade him. Then you're stuck with him. Yeah. So I get that. You have to be smart from a business perspective, but at the same time, the Indians are far from a business. They are strictly an ATM for the Dolans to collect money and, and that's it. They don't give a fuck about winning or anything like that. They're not running this team as a, a sports organization. They're running it as an ATM for themselves. And with that being said, I text I tweeted about it or talked about it on social media and texted it to people and all that. I am sincerely considering becoming a sports free agent. My reasoning behind that, or the baseball oh, free I'm agent. let say, wait a minute here. What, I mean, you never know with all sports, fuck it. Um, but the way I look at it, and this is this was well thought out by me. Like I, This isn't just a, a rash decision. I grew up, I became an Indians fan in 1995 when they went to the World Series. I was six years old. I'll never forget... I was playing T-ball. I loved the game of baseball. Didn't really watch it because I was a little too young. I didn't pay attention. And then someone was like, hey, the Indians are in the playoffs or World Series or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'll start watching. Fell in love. I fell in love with the Indians in their playoff run in 1995. The Cleveland Indians playing at Jacobs Field with Chief Wahoo everywhere. I fell in love. Fast forward a little bit. Uh, Dick Jacobs sells the team. The Dolans buy it. They, they then sell out the stadium rights to Progressive Field or to Progressive Insurance, it's now Progressive Field, understood. Most stadiums nowadays or arenas, whatever, they're named after a business. So that I understand. It sucks. I still call it the Jake. We can all do that for nostalgic purposes. Then, last year, I get it. It's controversial. I understand completely. They sold out Chief Wahoo for an All-Star game. Or not last year, 2019. Uh, They sold out Chief Wahoo for an All-Star game. I'm okay with that because of the controversial racism things that that are attached to Chief Wahoo. What I think, though, is you couldn't come up with another logo. We're just a fucking C.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what irritated me is there was almost like no thought or no effort.
1: There's then, no politically correct Indians out there? I'm just curious.
0: I mean, even then, you could have just made like a cooler logo. I don't know. I mean... It's tough to say, maybe speak with like their, like the marketing department could come up with something. I just right. don't know. Like, there's no logo we could come up with at all that's not just a fucking C. I don't know. Then this year they announced they are, this is our last year as the Indians. They're changing the team name. Again, because it's controversial. And I'm kind of worried, if I'm being honest, that the Indians are setting themselves up to move this team.
1: I didn't even think about that. Wow.
0: Their, 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 their contract is up in 2023 at the stadium. So then basically the Indians are a free agent. Well, whatever they'll be called at that time. They're free agents. They can stay in Cleveland. The Dolans could move the team, maybe sell the team. But there's a lot of people that are thinking like they're they're this team's getting ready to sell in twenty twenty three. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens the way the Dolans are. The Dolans are, are sneaky businessmen. They're gonna blame the low attendance in Cleveland. They're gonna blame, you know, the the it's a smaller city, it's not a big market, so they don't have the money to to be successful. They need to move. That's what they're gonna proclaim. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but it might. But basically what I'm trying to get at is I grew up with the Cleveland Indians at Jacobs Field with Chief Wahoo. That's all gone. It's an unrecognizable franchise with no talent on it. I mean, there's good pitching and shit like that, but there's no this isn't a, a championship talent, even a playoff talented team. We might have one of the best pitching rotations in baseball. But our offense is going to be so fucking crippling to us, it's not even funny. It's going to be embarrassing, I think, how bad this team is going to be on offense. We were bad last year with Lindor on the team. We had one of the worst offenses in football, in, uh, in baseball. We struggled. We had a lot of issues. Hopefully, I was thinking, maybe they get better. Maybe they actually try to make a run this year. Instead, they trade Lindor as expected. I just didn't want to admit it. And I don't know. I don't know if I can keep supporting this team because I'm sick of the rinse and repeat. And... There's a lot of Cleveland fans, and this will kind of lead me into our Browns talk. There's a lot of Cleveland fans that, in my opinion, I call it a loser mentality. And I don't, I'm do not i not saying they're losers. Don't take it as an insult. But there's a loser mentality with Clevelanders, and that's just getting to the playoffs is enough. Like the Browns making the playoffs, I got into so many arguments with fans because I was critical of players and their roles or, or the way they played. And all people said was, well, we're winning. At the end of the day, winning is all that matters. I agree with that. But... Winning regular season games is far different than being a championship contender. I I, I saw plenty of wins with LeBron James that didn't lead to championships until 2016. I saw plenty of wins with the Indians that didn't lead to championships throughout my entire life. 2016. I saw hardly any wins that led to nothing with the Browns for most of my life. 2002. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we won 10 in 2007. Oh, sorry. sorry. uh, 2007. Um, But... But I'm a championship or bust kind of guy. And I understand that's stupid as a Cleveland fan because we don't get any of those here. But I think if you don't win a championship, your season was kind of a waste. The Browns winning 11 games this year. Awesome. Great. We're in the playoffs. So happy. They tried to fucking blow it. But getting to the playoffs is great. To act like it's the, 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 the thing that's going to turn this franchise around is just getting to the first round. Are we going to have an easy schedule like
1: this next year? Are we going to play... The we lowly. Actually, we actually will, we have a third place schedule next week next year. Yeah, not a bad schedule to have. It's not bad.
0: There's some tough games on there. I mean, we'll get into that another time. But like you know, we're we're playing the Chiefs. the The Raiders are coming back to Cleveland. Who they're a weird team. They beat us this year. Had some interesting weather. They missed out on the playoffs, of course, as you all know. Sometimes Gruden hits on a pick. Sometimes he doesn't. You don't know what direction that team's going to go. But again, we'll break that down later. You got the Chargers with Justin Herbert coming on the up, coming to Cleveland, or we're playing them next year. I don't remember if that's home or away, but obviously we're playing the AFC North. We could potentially be seeing Joe Burrow next year if he comes back healthy. The Bengals. I mean, we almost... We didn't even. We I don't think we have recorded since that Bengals game with, with with Baker Mayfield, where he had to go off to win us that game. We almost lost to the fucking Bengals. A lot of people only want to talk about how great Baker was that day. We almost lost to the Bengals. Like they put a lot of fucking points on the board against us. So that's scary to me. Obviously, we'll have an entire offseason to kind of restructure the roster and do do more things, but. Um,
1: you really just jumped from the Indians right to the Browns. Well, because they all kind of fit together. It's it's <laughs> well, the, the, it's the loser
0: mentality part that I was talking about with the Indians. I people...
1: agree. I want I to go back to the Indians, though, because I agree with you. Because when I started watching and getting into baseball was around when I was like 11 or 12. And, and I'm, what, seven years older than you, right? Mm-hmm. So it was around the same time that you got into them, back in the 94, 95 Indians. My, I remember my grandmother, <clears throat> as funny as this is, was a huge Braves fan. I'm surrounded by idiots. Uh, even my yeah, grandmother. Uh, you can't get away from these people. I know. And uh, she only liked Braves degenerates. Exactly. And she only (laughs) liked it because she only liked like the the chop that they did. So it was really cool. And she so she rooted for the Braves all the time. And that's when the Indians versus the Braves back then, you know? So I'm like, oh well, it's a home team. I'm going to stick with them. So I started watching them every year. I was in baseball and, and Little League and traveling, Pony League and everything. I was watching and getting into it. And that's when I fell in love with it. And that's when I fell in with every Cleveland team, the Cavs. I fell in love with um, the Browns. I used to joke around that Mark Price was my uncle back in the day, even though I <laughs> lived in poor old Norwalk. That's yeah, my uncle Don't you know, worry about. Fine. You never know. But anyways, I get what you're saying, is that you fall in love with these teams, and then you just get heartbroken and heartbroken and heartbroken and heartbroken. I don't think I'll ever choose another team to root for. I just can't. You know, any team that I'm passionate about is just because there's personal connections to it. Like, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Everyone knows that. But my personal connections, because I grew up in a Notre Dame family. Yeah. Even though I went to Ohio State. I'm, of course, an Ohio State fan. Mm-hmm. I live in Ohio. But... I just never can trade off, but I get where you're going with it, obviously. Yeah. And I didn't even think about, to be honest. I didn't even think about the possibility of them selling and moving. I think the they're team. gone. I, I think, forgot about I the fact gone. that they're up at 2023. Yep. That 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 stadium could be just look
0: at how the Dolans are setting this up. They're they're yeah. they're going to be in a complete rebuild. So they're going to have a gutted roster for a new city. They're going to have like the lowest payroll so yeah. they can move to another city and it's going to be cheap cuz they need to save money so they can create this new team they need to come up with We're a living
1: team. the major league movie exactly.
0: script right now 100% and uh so back to what i was saying initially and then we'll get back into the browns and all that but with the loser mentality thing is like you said i fell in love with the cleveland indians yeah and all that that's all gone they're not the cleveland indians anymore they're going to be a different name different logo uh everything's different different players we got rid of lindor like we're, we're not even contenders it's just like, I, I, how long can I put up with this? Of this team that's just strictly selling out for themselves, yep. don't give a fuck about the fans. And then that's where the loser mentality thing comes in because I watched, as I, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Cavs fan. Basketball was easily my favorite sport when I was a kid growing up in the 90s. I, I loved Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson. I even loved the Cavaliers with Andre Miller, Z, Darius Miles, Ricky Sean Davis. Kemp. Oh, That was a little before my time, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I didn't start watching until right after Sean Kemp left. But basketball is my favorite sport i loved the cavaliers i didn't i didn't even realize how bad they were back in the day when i was a kid
1: when they played at the field house yeah horrible
0: i would just well no i I was gundarina still oh okay but but even then they were fucking awful like like i said andre miller ricky davis darius miles like those teams were so bad i used to get video games and i'd buy their jerseys and, and i'd play as the Cavs in every video game i didn't even realize there were better players around the league i just thought this is cleveland they're the fucking best i love them so when I got to watch LeBron come to Cleveland and turn this franchise around, we were going to the playoffs. We're winning games. This guy's MVP candidate every year. He's fucking amazing. We'd go to the playoffs and we'd lose, and everyone would just shit on LeBron and say he's a choke artist, he's a bum, blah, blah, blah. Cleveland fans, not just no, like nationally. So then we get to the Indians. They make the playoffs. Maybe they lose in the first round most years, if they even make the playoffs, whatever. The f- Cleveland fans then go, oh, the Indians are the best-run organization in baseball. They're consistent. All they do is they just develop. They win. They're great. I love it. They're the best team in, in Cleveland, organization-wise. But they never even came close to like championships for the most part. I mean, a couple times. Don't get me wrong. I, I remember 2007, 2016. I know all this shit. there the 90s. But to give them all this credit, then you have a guy like LeBron James who took us to multiple finals. And people were like, well, that guy's a choke artist. He's no good. We can't beat the Warriors. We can't beat the fucking... It's like,
1: it's like we have different levels of acceptance between each professional team that we have then you go towards this
0: is going to be my lead into the browns here baker mayfield and the browns baker mayfield's truthfully if you just look at stats an average quarterback cleveland fans turn him into a hall of fame god because we won 11 games it has nothing to do with the team has nothing to do with we have the third best running game in football kevin Stefanski's game planning the, the rushing attack, it's just Baker Mayfield is 11. He has 11 wins. That's arguments I used to get from people. It's not the team has 11 wins. Baker has 11 wins. We're just now in the playoffs. Let's say we lose on Sunday. Are people going to shit on Baker? Or are they going to say, this is great. Use this to fuel you next year. LeBron James, arguably the greatest player of all time, loses against like the fucking Magic or, you know, or, or the Celtics we used to lose to back in the day. And people would go online and just fucking shit on LeBron. He's a bum. He's a choke artist. He missed a free throw. They'd treat him like a piece of shit because we didn't win. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield's been average. We're in the playoffs, and everyone's like, "This, they're fucking amazing. He's the best. It's just funny that fans pick and choose which sport they they, they, they change their opinions on.
1: Yeah, so – And that's the loser mentality to I, me. I agree. And this is what I mentioned to you, I think, last week or the week prior when I – and you said you don't post on Facebook because you're trying to get back and forth, but – I made a comment after we beat the Steelers last week, and I I went against the grain, as they say, uh, opinion and say, this is crazy. Trash. We were playing like trash last week. 100%. We did not deserve to win that game last week. No, we 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 barely
0: squeaked out a win against a majority backup Pittsburgh Steelers team. Well, I
1: mean, I get most of their – their, all their starter receivers were in the game. Their yeah. their starting running back was in the game. They were missing one lineman and a quarterback was out on offense. Yep. I get that. Their defense was missing T.J. Watt and I think maybe oh, Joe Hayden and Joe Hayden one other person. Up, yeah. So they had, a, they had a, a good chunk of starters in their game. I get that. Yeah. But we, we as a team, were playing like trash. Yeah. We couldn't stop them. The plays we were running was ridiculous. Why are we throwing the ball so much? Why are we not running the ball? Why did you have uh, Chubb sitting out the entire third quarter, it felt like, and all you're doing is running with Hunt? So I put on there and said, if we play like this, we don't deserve to be there. And I get a shit ton of hate for it from people saying oh it's a great season 11 and 5 you know oh god forbid we have 11 wins oh how dare that blah 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 this is a great we're playing with house money i keep hearing that fucking term yeah playing with house, house money. money and not just on sports talk but from people i even know on facebook it's like what are you talking about yeah like i'm sorry that you're content with having a playoff season yes we got to the playoffs yeah congratulations it's
0: exciting first time since 2002 i get it's, it it's it is exciting
1: but want more
0: but i'm i'm realistic I know this Browns team is not built to win a Super Bowl. No. And that's and like when I tell people that, they're like, well, you got to get there. You never know until you
1: get to the dance. And if they beat them Steelers tomorrow night, my, my honest opinion is going to be like, they should beat the Steelers tomorrow night. Yeah. I think we are a more talented team right now, um, as far as our offensive side goes, that we should be able to put more points up on them yeah. than they do on us. And if we win tomorrow, that's why. is because of that.
0: My issue is the people we're missing. Uh, Joel Batonio being out, I think it's huge. I think sure. Cameron Hayward is going to feast up the middle. The Browns are going to have to keep running backs in the backfield to be extra blockers. That's yep. going to hurt us. That's going to cripple our, our, our offense a little bit because you can't stretch Kareem Hunt out that often. Just
1: bring Njoku down and, and have him, him sit off. He's one of the worst
0: blockers of all time, so that's, <laughs> he's that's a, a horrible idea. a big body. Idea. He can slow him keep, down a little maybe bit. Maybe set Harrison Bryant as a fullback now that he's back. <laughs> that's the best we can do. But That's concerning. Obviously now that we got the official word that Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson are out that's huge. Those are our top two corners. Yep. The Steelers luckily, I mean Chase Claypool has turned out to be a a fluky, I'll call him a fluky uh We got Sandejo back though. I mean, what do you Yeah, we have Sendejo back. So basically we have 10 people on defense, is basically what Kyle's saying. <laughs> and two of them are shouldn't even be starting because of Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson being out. Um So I am nervous about that. I also think the Olivier Vernon injury is going to be huge because he plays a huge role on offense in the run stopping aspect. Um, I don't want to get too technical about everything because I could sit here and talk about this for forever, but I don't want to bore people. But uh, uh, Olivier Vernon was really good against the run. The Steelers have a very bad run game. So Olivier Vernon being out, do I think that's going to make them better on the ground? A little bit. Do I think it's going to make them like dominate us on the ground? No. So I'm not worried about that. But the corner situation, Olivier Vernon being out just in general, pass rushing situation kind of scares me because that could give Ben a little extra time to throw it against our backup corners, to throw it against Andrew Sandejo. Ronnie Harrison being able to play
1: now is, is, is awesome. but uh, As much as we hate Sandejo, I'm sorry, but as much as we hate him... I mean, the guy gives us all. He does, and he does actually put himself in position to be successful in each play most of the time. He, to me... Literally is, lays his body out
0: there to... He is, to being. everybody else, how I look at Delhi. He's a guy that's going to go out there and he's going to bust his fucking ass every single day. He's going to literally almost kill himself on that field or court know, for you. Almost did. And, and people are still going to shit on you because you miss up miss a couple plays. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't hate Sandejo. I understand the situation. We signed him as a one-year player. He's aging. We just brought him in because of the familiar uh, – because of the familiarness with with Kevin Stefanski, and we needed a safety. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they did it because we drafted Grant Delpit. He got hurt. Um we we traded for Ronnie Harrison. He's been banged up a lot. Carl Joseph's missed a little bit of time. Sendejo has now missed a little bit of time. So I'm glad you can't have too much depth in a in a position where you don't have like a locked in stud yet. So I'm okay with the with the position. Who else are we gonna get? And people were like, oh, you get Earl Thomas. This isn't Madden, people. You have to have a little bit of a repertoire with people. With Kevin Stefanski and Sendejo know each other a little bit from their time in Minnesota. So he's comfortable with bringing him in. Knows he's a good locker room guy. I'm sure the teammates love him. Is he the best player on the field? No. Earl Thomas, on the other hand, could have come in and he could have gotten in fights with every fucking teammate and, yep. and punching Baker in the locker room and, you know, oh, but he's Earl Thomas. He had a couple of good years back in the day. So Browns have to sign him. There's a reason the guy's still unemployed. So that's the one thing that fans need to kind of take into consideration is, is this isn't mad and you can't just plug a guy in and go play. This is real life. You have to have, you have to fit the system. You have to fit the locker room, the the, the future. There are huge issues at hand. There's a reason, again, Earl Thomas is unemployed. Mm-hmm. So Anderson Sandejo, is he the best player? No. Is he the best the Browns can get at the time? Yes. But and I'm, I'm happy hey, here's with the that. thing,
1: though, is if he has – like you mentioned, he, he does his best every game. He puts himself out there. And the games that he really does and it clicks and things go the right way – he does his things that you don't even notice because he's doing them correctly, like yeah. the stops, the tackles, the deflections, the holding a receiver up a little bit longer than you yep. need to. So now he's not a receiver that can be thrown to now. Like he does that stuff you don't even notice. Yep. It's those big plays once in a while where he gets burnt over the middle. He's a dirty,
0: gritty player. Yeah,
1: and that's what you need. And yeah. I th- honestly think that if that's the, if that kind of player you pump up this Sunday and say, look, put it all on the line, win least, or go he's home. He's fresh. He could be dangerous, and it could be something we could have him. I hate saying that Sandejo's going to be dangerous. Yeah. Um. But you're and right. Another thing too that that you know I
0: don't I don't know, so I'm, I'm I don't want to speak out of school here. This is just a guess. But a lot of times where you, you might see Sandejo get beat, we don't know that that was his guy. There there could have been other issues. There could have been other. Um, communication issues with some of these younger guys that don't really play as much. Maybe they were supposed to cover a guy over the top and Sandejo noticed it too late and it looks like on film, Sandejo got burned. But maybe the Browns know, hey, this was, you know, fucking uh, MJ Stewart's guy or whatever. Somebody, you know what I mean? It could be anybody's. It could have been Mac Wilson's guy to cover, but he let him go and Sandejo's like, fuck, it's too late, gets burned, and they go, ah, Sandejo blew it when realistically the play called for somebody else to cover him. So, That's the thing that that a lot of us don't really know. So it's easy to talk shit about players when you just see it on film, but you don't really know what the play call was. Same thing with like – that's why I don't like watching games at bars because if a quarterback misses a wide receiver or overthrows him or something, everyone just goes, who the fuck are you throwing to, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, there's almost a 99% chance the quarterback's throwing the ball where it's supposed to be. The the wide receiver or or whoever probably ran the
1: wrong route 99% of the time. So you're saying that's what happens with Baker where it's overthrowing certain players is that – the, the the receiver yes no. messed up. <laughs> no, I'm talking like if you throw it to I know. like no man's land. I'm just busting your ass. If, if there's a guy
0: standing there and you throw the ball five feet over his head, that's on the quarterback. He
1: was too pumped up. He didn't hear that. Like
0: like the jaguars in the in the red zone. Where so he... I, have,
1: I have a theory about Baker. Um Baker's mental. I'm sorry. I have a theory about fan base with Baker. Let yeah. me say that. In the last what 18, 19 years, we've had no quarterback to hang our hat on. Zero. Right. I mean, we yeah. got excited about Johnny. You got excited about Johnny. Yeah. We all did. Right. So I think the reason I was excited
0: for anybody that wasn't named Colt McCoy to be on the Browns <laughs> or Brian Hoyer. <laughs> I think the
1: reason why we think and we we protect we're holding and protecting Baker as a quarterback so much and we defend him to our dying day and we unfriend people and fight with people is because to to us Baker is the best quarterback because yeah. that's all we've seen and that's and that's his honestly you think about it you're right his statistical stats with the NFL this year he's Middle-to-top middle part of the echelon when it comes to quarterbacks. I think he's like top 12, top, whatever. He's good. He's not the best. He's not the worst, And he's, mm. but he's better than mediocre. Yeah. He's doing what he's supposed to. He has great completion percentage in the red zone. He hasn't thrown many interceptions this year. I think he's at 8 for the year, which is a huge improvement over last year. Um, yeah, I don't remember where he's, I at. Think he's at. I think he's at like 25 or 27 and, and 8 this year or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Either way, huge improvement over last year, right? So he's made – steps he has one he we've won 11 games with him under center so everyone thinks he's the best quarterback so no one he can't do any wrong I get it I've seen it you and I've texted back and forth I think about certain games where I'm like what is he what is he doing why did he throw that why did he make that pass what why is he overthrowing that wide receiver why did he throw behind that wide receiver mm-hmm. he's still learning I think he obviously is still learning certain things and trying to get better at certain things he can't help the fact he's only six foot that also hurts too because he does have a lot of batted down passes but baker's thing that he came into this year that i think we all fell in love with is the fact that we now see that his skill is based around this offense that they're finally he's finally running yeah the, the the rollouts the passes the, the the play fakes the fact that he's in he's moved in that that pump fake to his throw now which a la a brett Favre kind of thing because that's what brett used to do a lot is a pump fake and then yeah. get people down the field that's something he's i think next year and a year after is going to be Wow, we're going to see that Baker we hope is there. Yeah. He could still go backwards, but I think that's the reason is because this is the first quarterback we all can be like, wow, this is amazing for us. So, yeah, we all think he's the best thing ever. Right. But they don't want to step back and look at everyone else in the league. I get that. He's no Patrick Mahomes. He's not going right. to be a Lamar Jackson. But if he wins us and he, and, and here we go, game manage us is into a playoff to a Super Bowl, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. I will be, I will sit behind Baker for the next five or six years. If that's what he does for us every year is something like he did this year for us. Maybe a little bit better in the touchdowns, more yards and stuff, mm-hmm. a bigger completion percentage. I will be forever happy with that. Oh, I, don't, I don't need an Aaron Rodgers to, to make me happy.
0: And that's what I got into arguments with, with, with about people. And this was like mid season for me. Um, Obviously I think any Browns fan can admit half about half of the year. Baker wasn't very good, right? He was just pretty average, nothing crazy. Again, Game managing. Then he had a couple good games like against the Titans, but again, you have to look at the the full aspect of these things, and that's where people didn't want to hear it from me. Yeah. The Titans defense at the time was the 32nd ranked defense. They gave up the most passing touchdowns in football. Sure. Baker went out there, lit him up. People were like, Holy shit, he's doing this <laughs> against a stout Super Bowl defense. And I told I I just talked to people. I'm just I'm trying to be honest. They take it as me like bashing the Browns and Baker. I just said, no, the Titans defense sucks. Like it's not a good defense. So, this, it's good that he's doing this. I'm not mad about it. But it's a really shitty defense. They're literally... At the time before the... Because I remember that. I looked up this, the, the stats. I remember vividly. You looked up stats now. That's great. Yeah, that You're doesn't either. sound like me. No, I don't. The Dallas Cowboys were... <clears throat> hadn't played yet. But at the time, the Titans had given up the most passing touchdowns in football. And and that's saying something. Because we all know the Dallas Cowboys were terrible this year. Their defense, especially. And the Titans had more passing touchdowns given up at that time than the, than the Cowboys going into that game. And... People didn't want to hear that. They're like, oh, you just love to shit on Baker. I'm like, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm happy that he threw for four touchdowns against this defense. He's
1: doing what he should
0: be doing. Because that's exactly what we should be doing. Then you get into situations where it comes down to, you know, and again, maybe I am nitpicking a little bit, but I do, again, I'm championship or bust. I, I demand greatness from my sports teams because I do want championships. I want nothing more than, the champ to, than a Super Bowl. If we lose on Sunday, do I consider this year a waste? not a waste, but is it a bet, ba- you know, did it did it mean anything? No, cuz we fucking lost. It's win or go home. It's championship or bust for me. It always has been. Getting to the playoffs, playing well against the Steelers team, which that's the funny thing. And Browns fans, this is where I'm going to I'll just say it now before it happens. Going going into the the week 16 game against the Jets, the Bengals had just beaten the Steelers. Browns fans were fucking talking mad shit. I didn't say a word. They're telling the Steelers, we're coming for you. We're taking the division. Before we even played the Jets, then we lose to the fucking Jets, and Browns fans tuck their tails between their legs. I think we even both said to each other, like, we
1: need to win That's what I said. I'm like, don't
0: overlook the Jets. And so the Browns fans did that. The Browns Browns fans started just talking shit to Steelers fans and and everything, and we're coming for the division and blah, blah, blah. Week 17 is going to be awesome. We lose to the Jets. It's all for nothing. Then week 17 rolls around. We go to play the Steelers. Everyone's just going, man, I hope they bench everybody because the Browns fans are starting to come back to reality of like, fuck, we're probably not going to beat the Steelers head-to-head. So we beat them with their backups. Again, like Kyle said, the issue that I had was I think we were up 24-6 to at one point. Mm -hmm. We won the game 24-22. to We didn't score again. So they're missing TJ Watt. They were missing Joe Hayden, Uh, whoever else they they weren't playing. I don't even know off the top of my head. Cameron Hayward didn't play. They're missing their two best defensive players in Hayward and, and Watt. They're missing, obviously, Devin Bush for the year. They have some injuries in the linebacker position, which is, you know, good for us. Sure, they were without Joe Hayden. Minka Fitzpatrick Joe was playing Hayden's out again
1: Sunday too. I think. Supposed
0: to be, yeah. And then uh, we we couldn't score against them. We, we how great would have what a touchdown have been at the end of that game instead of letting them come back and only win by two because they missed a two point conversion and we almost fucking blew the uh, onside kick recovery. So we were millimeters away from losing to the Steelers without some of their best players. And I, th- I and Browns fans are going in Sunday. All we've gotten back is Ronnie Harrison, Anderson De Harrison, Bryant. We are now taking away Joel Batonio. We are now taking away. Well, still Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson. Yep. We barely beat this team a week ago with a very basic offensive plan from them. A very basic <sighs> offensive plan from us. It looked like, I don't know if that was coaching, oriented was Stefanski trying to play a vanilla preseason style offense just to get the W and go home. And we're going to unleash some shit this week. We haven't even talked about I that. Mean, think we don't even it. have Stefanski on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think can't think believe about we haven't mentioned the, that the yet. Plays
1: that were are calling, they, they were calling in the second half against the Steelers last week were just something that made me scratch my head yeah you, more than you and once. I were
0: texting and you even said multiple times you're like where the fuck is Chubb yeah and I'm trying to defend Stefanski because I do think he should win coach of the year he came in and in his first year took this team to 11 wins in a, in a playoff appearance so that's to me give him coach of the year but I digress you have Nick Chubb the best running back and one of the best running backs in football second half he didn't touch the ball so part of me's thinking was this planned by Stefanski? Is this his way of basically he's resting some of his players to get to the playoffs?
1: Yeah, and does that mean he's going to just sit on Chubb's head the entire game? But which then is I fine. look at it,
0: your call to to rest Chubb for the, the second half of that game almost cost you the playoffs. Because yep, yep. we, again, if, if those of you, I'm sure everyone listening to this, watch the game, you must be a sport Cleveland sports fan, I assume. The Pittsburgh Steelers, all they needed was a two-point conversion to tie up the game with a few minutes to go. Then they kicked an onside kick, and again, Steve Carlson almost tried to sit on it and almost blew it. So we were, again, inches away from losing that game, and Browns fans are now super confident going into Sunday. And like mad at me for saying, I don't think we're going to win because I think the lights are going to be a little too bright for us. And Browns fans are pissed. They get mad at me because they tell me I'm not a real fan because I'm realistic, because I don't just go in with every week. Browns are the best team ever. I, 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 I've, I've matured as a sports fan over the years. Your I, social
1: I, media I, will be on fire Tuesday or Monday morning if we win.
0: And, I mean, I'm talking. I've seen people tweeting out, Baker's going to prove all the doubters wrong on Sunday. And I've gotten into so many arguments with people about the Browns. Tag, Strangers. at not Justin George. Strangers, yeah, <laughs> at not Justin George. Look for some hot shit about, uh, on Twitter. But I got into arguments midway through the season, right after, if you remember, in November. We, Baker Mayfield went almost the entire month of November without throwing a touchdown. Weather. And yeah, all fans want to say as well, it was raining and windy. Well, I mean, it's going to be rainy and windy in fucking Cleveland. If you want to go far into the playoffs, how do you think the weather's going to be in a, in a late January game in Cleveland, Ohio, if we're ever good enough to host a playoff game that late in the year? Let's say we host an AFC championship game. You think it's going to be 75 and sunny, or are you just going to go, well, the weather wasn't good, so Baker's allowed to not be good. Other quarterbacks can win in fucking snow and rain and wind.
1: Aaron Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers does (laughs) it. Tom Brady can do it. Uh, uh, You know, so many fucking quarterbacks have done it. The the other argument I got in was when the Eagles came to town, I said at that week, I thought Eagles might win the game. And people were like, are you fucking crazy? The Eagles are terrible. I said, well, it's supposed to be rainy and windy. The Eagles are built for that a little bit better. Carson Wentz plays better in, in colder weather than Baker does. And it turned out to be the case. We won the game, but Carson Wentz was able to throw touchdowns. He was able to yeah, move like the ball. Yeah, some yards. And- yeah, he threw for like 250. Baker threw for like, I don't even remember yardage-wise, but like no touchdowns, missed a couple guys in the end zone, missed a couple wide-open touchdowns we could have had, and people were like, well, it's the weather. He can't throw. You know, that's not his fault. And I'm like, well, how come the other quarterback can do it? How come no one brings that up? Baker mm-hmm. is allowed to not be good in, in bad weather. Other quarterbacks, they're like, oh, who cares? It's just it was only bad for Baker. Right. And that's the the thing that like people irritated me with is they just defended. They they make up so many excuses. And again, I do get too technical. I'm a little I'm a little manic. I'm a little crazy when it comes to to, to my sports. My arguments with people were were a little more than just statistical. Even I can look at footwork. I go to the draft every year. I obviously as a Browns fan. I basically was studying quarterbacks every year of my life for the last like fucking 15 years that I've been going to the draft. I pay attention to quarterbacks because the Browns need their next franchise quarterback always when I was going to the draft. Every year it was, we need a quarterback. I learned to study what to look for. Baker's footwork was terrible. Baker was overthrowing guys. He was underthrowing guys. His completion percentage was barely like 60% for most of this season. That's not good. If any of you know football, you know if you want to be a good quarterback, you need to be at least 65%, minimum. Baker's highest completion percentage is 638 It's a shame that I know that, but that was his rookie season, 63.8%. This year it was 62.8. So it's not a huge difference, but it's one point. And then I get into arguments with people and I say, well, look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen's completion percentage was like barely 60% for his first two years. He was very inaccurate. He worked hard on on his accuracy. He is now almost 70%. He went up almost 10 fucking completion percentage points in one year. Baker went down one completion percentage from his rookie season. So, little things like that that I tell people, I'm like, I like Baker. I don't want people to think that I hate the guy. I have Baker me- para- memorabilia, paraphernalia, whatever you want to call yeah, it. You do. <laughs> I have a lot of Baker Mayfield shit. I want him to be our fan- franchise quarterback, but I'm allowed to be critical. And it's not because I'm not a Baker fan or I'm a hater or I'm not a Browns fan. I get a lot of people that question my Browns fandom. I'm more of a Browns fan than most people. And I'm willing to tell everyone that to their faces, just because you root for a team doesn't make you a great fan. If you actually pay attention to things and you study and and like care as much as I do, I, I live and breathe Cleveland Browns football. I am going to be fucking devastated if they lose tomorrow night. I'm just—that's why I'm not getting my hopes up. Are you locking
1: yourself in the basement tomorrow night? Thousand percent,
0: one thousand yeah. percent. No one's allowed over. No one's allowed to talk to me. I might not even
1: have my phone on me. We're going over to her brother's house, and I Are think uh, the uh, Steelers fan might be there too. No, so. oh, old Chip. Yeah, might take. A Shout out to Chip. Or something.
0: <laughs> which let's just get it on the air now, uh, Chipper. I know we owe you an episode to come on here, but with everything going on, it's been tough. So I haven't forgotten. We'll talk about it if the Steelers win. Obviously, it's going to be delayed another six months because I don't want to see you. Uh, but if you're listening this far, then just know that uh, we'll, we'll get you on. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm just realistic. I'm not. I, I, I turned around as being a fan of sports teams where just every year was. I just assumed we're going to be a championship team. I went in every year we're the best. You know, I'm going to fucking buy Madden. I'm going to play with the Browns. The Browns. Are, I'm going to go undefeated in Madden. to so the yeah. real life team, they're going to be great. Then they end up sucking. So I go in with realistic expectations now. I've matured. This Browns team, good, trending upwards, nowhere near championship contender to me. So I, I I expect us to lose tomorrow night. I hope to God I'm wrong. I hope, I hope I'm hope i wrong every week because every week I'm going to pick against the Browns. If we play the Colts next week or who, you know, I don't even know how the, well, we wouldn't play the Colts, but whoever, whatever the, whatever
1: the schedule goes, we would play Tennessee, the winner of Tennessee Baltimore next week if the Colts win t- today, mm-hmm. um, or if the Colts lose today and Buffalo wins, then we would play. Buffalo. Uh, No, we would play Kansas City next week.
0: Mm, Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, because we're the lower seed. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, Kansas City would smoke us. Buffalo would smoke us. Tennessee, maybe that would be a good game. Maybe not, because it would be in Tennessee, which it was when we played them in the regular season. But that's the other thing that I think fans don't realize, because we don't go to the playoffs often. Playoff football is a different breed. Look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson dominated the NFL for two straight years, his rookie year, and last year when he won the MVP. Playoffs? ghost. Shut the fuck down. If he loses today, I hope. Oh my god! Oh, I cannot. Storylines. The well, they story play tomorrow, lines. right?
1: No, it's today. I thought one o'clock wasn't. It? Oh no! That's no, today one o'clock's 1 Buffalo. O'clock Indy. Tomorrow.
0: four o'clock is Rams and uh, uh, Seahawks, and then the eight o'clock game is Buccaneers. uh who the fuck do they play? Buccaneers, Washington. No, Buc- Washington football no, team. Yeah,
1: Buccaneers, Washington. Yeah, let's not even talk about the scheduling the NFL has yeah. these games. What the
0: fuck? So we'll we'll get to we'll we'll break down all the games later. But yeah, so they play tomorrow. But but like the pl- defense in the playoffs and just strategy and the browns are so backed up against the wall. The Browns didn't have their first practice until yesterday because of covid restrictions. The Cavs or the Browns are without Kevin Stefanski. The Browns are without multiple players because of covid. Uh, uh assistant coaches are out. Just little things like that. And I think that like Browns fans don't want to admit that our back is so fucking far against it and the fans that that come on and go, "Well, that's uh, excuse me, fans that are like, "Oh, it's Cleveland. We we're, we're used to being against the wall." How? When has that ever worked for us? When has this ever panned out? Aside from 2016, when has, oh, their back's against the wall. This is Cleveland's tough. We've never won anything. Why is this any different? Why do you have confidence in this? I, do, I don't understand the, the, the false uh, confidence that these people are, are throwing out there. Don't get me wrong. I hope we win. I can't can't stress that enough. I hope to God we win, but I also think Baker struggles against the the Pittsburgh Steelers when they're full strength. His worst game of the season this year was against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense Mm -hmm. in week six or whenever we played him. They shut him the fuck down. I think he had 10 completions the entire game. Yes, we were without Nick Chubb, so I understand that hurts when you take away the run game. They were able to stack the box a little bit better, shut down Kareem Hunt, and make Baker beat him through the air, which he could not. Do they shut down the run tomorrow and try to make Baker be him through the air? And he maybe he can, maybe he can't. But he struggles against Pittsburgh. When we played them last week, he looked decent. But that was against a lot of backups. That was without T.J. Watt. That was without Cameron Hayward, as we said. I don't want to sound like a broken record. But there are variables to this. So To compare last week's Steelers game to this week's, fans are stupid if they do that. Right. They're very, very stupid if they're thinking it's the same thing. At the end of the day, it's... T.J. It. T.J. Watt's Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah, it's bullshit. Though, he like, was out bullshit. last week. He
1: gets blocked by tight end every fucking game. I don't hear anything. I agree, but um but the thing is it's NFL. He's a great player though. Oh, I, I, mean, I he's can't... a great player, I get it, but I feel like there's some fudge stats in those stats of his, but I I just think it's a it's
0: a he gets a benefit of playing on such a great defensive line that you can only block so many people. Right, Like, don't get me wrong, he's a great player even without these guys. I'm not say, taking yeah. that away from him. But, but yeah, when you have Cam Hayward for most of the year, he had Bud Dupree on the other side. These guys are also really good defensive linemen. That helps. Miles Garrett's out there with, with Olivier Vernon, who is hit or miss. Sometimes he gets to the quarterback maybe once or twice a game. He doesn't he doesn't create the same uh, disturbance as guys on the Steelers do. Same with Joby and Sheldon Richardson. They have their moments, but a lot of times they don't. The Steelers guys, it seems like they're consistently the same. And that's what helps. That's why the Steelers are a consistently good team. That's why the Browns are not. Um, I mean, I think not it's, taking anything away from Miles Garrett, he's also a great player. But I also think the COVID's affected him. Oh, he God, tested his, positive for COVID. His gameplay now—he can now, barely breathe.
1: His game now is—he's out of breath by like the. And I don't want to make excuses. Play. I think
0: I, I, you know, I, I hope he does everything in his power to, to, to get past this. I'm not—I don't want to sound like I'm going, oh, poor Miles Garrett. He needs to step up for sure tomorrow. I need, I need two sacks, maybe a strip sack from him tomorrow. I need him to be disruptive as fuck. I need him involved in the pass, in the rushing defense. I need Miles Garrett to, to look like the number one overall draft pick. If tomorrow. he can
1: get to Ben early and, and lay a hard hit on Ben tomorrow yeah. and make Ben think about every play he steps back that Miles is coming for him, that will help us. Because yep. I, honestly, to me, if, if, if you were to tell me that Mason Rudolph was starting tomorrow, I'd be a little more worried than with Ben. And I, I say this because Mason has nothing to lose. And you saw that last week. Yeah, Mason has an arm. He has a, he has a decent arm on him. And he can chuck that ball down the field pretty accurately too. Mm-hmm. Ben doesn't have that strength much anymore. Like one or twice a game, he can get him yeah. down the field. But notoriously this year, Ben has been what a dink and dunk type quarterback all over across the middle, short passes here and there, screen passes. He doesn't have the arm strength like he used to. So if he if Miles gets to him early, in my opinion, of course people are gonna listen as like this guy's making shit up. No, I think if you get to Miles early, then I think I mean to to. Um, ben, ben early, I think you're going to get in his head. That's going to help us. It's going to help our defense because he might have some underthrows, some interceptions, and, and and things like he did when we played him in the first time we played him. Um, I, we had like a two interceptions against him the first time we played him this year, I think. Like maybe one, just one. I don't remember. But anyways, that's just my opinion. I think that if you get to him early, you, you actually you, it No, we had none. You looked it up. None? Yeah, I'm looking on it right now. Okay,
0: Pittsburgh at Cleveland. We lost 38 to seven. He was fourteen of twenty-two for one hundred and sixty-two yards. He didn't have to do much. That's because I think Baker threw a pick-six that didn't start. That yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick like first pass of the game, pick-six. He threw one touchdown, no interceptions against us. So he just had a pretty game management game. Yeah,
1: nothing. But so I'm saying the entire entire year this year, he's had like one or two games where he's gone off, but they've all been on yards after the catch plays. Yeah, especially with with Chase Chase Claypool Claypool. and and Jante Johnson. Johnson. Touchdowns in one game. Yeah, but those were all like fourteen-yard passes, and he's turned them into eighty-yard touchdowns.
0: And that's another thing too. And this is this is. This, I can kind of compare Ben to Baker Mayfield. It's funny. On one hand, you have Browns fans saying Baker Mayfield's the second coming of, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time and everything's great. His stats are worse than Ben Roethlisberger's. Mm-hmm. And Browns fans in the same breath will say Ben Roethlisberger's old and shitty now. But he had a better year than Baker Mayfield. But Browns fans will go, Baker's great. Ben sucks. Ben's <laughs> year was better than Baker's, though, but they don't want to admit that because I just looked it up really quick. Ben had 33 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, almost 4,000 yards. Baker had like 4,000 yards, but Baker played every game. Ben didn't. Um, Baker had 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Yep. So the Ben technically had a better season, not by much, but technically had a better season. And they won one more game in the division and Browns fans say he sucks. Baker's great. That's how Browns fans logic works. Like, (laughs) don't get me wrong. Do I think Ben is declining? Yeah. Do I think he's shitty and, and you know, the worst quarterback in football, like a lot of people like are trying to portray him as this week, not even close. My worry is that he has such camaraderie with his teammates and they're just always on the same page. And he's a professional. He's been here before. Same with Mike Tomlin, I mean, I'm worried that he can hit. I mean, they could dink and dunk us all dink and dunk us all day because of our our depleted defense. Mm-hmm. We have injuries. We have you know the COVID shit. Do I think they're going to go deep and burn us a lot? No, but do I think that they could be effective in short to to medium passing? Yeah, of course. And and that's again, this goes back to Browns fans just being completely unrealistic. They would brag for, like, a couple weeks span. They'd be like, oh, Baker's the best. He's thrown 10 touchdowns over the past two weeks. And it's like, well, because he threw, like, six in one game. That's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But don't act like he's, like, consistently, like, three touchdowns a game like yeah. Patrick Mahomes. He got a lot of his in, like, one game or two games. Like, I think there, if you put a couple games together, I think Baker, almost half of his touchdowns came in, like, three games. Yeah, Like, that's, that's crazy. It's cool to look at. But that's not consistent and good. Mm-hmm. And those are things that Browns fans don't want to hear. They just look at the numbers the the positive numbers they can bring up, and they throw those in my face as if that's gonna like diminish me and make me go, oh, you know what, you're right. Are we winning? Yes. Were we winning games with Derek Anderson? Yes. Were we winning games with uh, Brian Hoyer? Yes. Are those guys Hall of Fame great quarterbacks? No fucking way. They suck. So. It's just little things like that that all Browns fans have is record. They don't care about how the quarterback plays. It's just record.
1: There's things I'm seeing in Baker that, are, that, I, that I want to see more consistently. Like for, I, the one example is last week. The pass he made to Higgins in stride yeah. down the side of the field. beautiful, Beautiful fucking pass. And that tells me that it's there inside of him. He can do it. He can do it. Just, I need to see it more consistently.
0: Because there are other plays, too. And again, it, it almost just sounds like I'm nitpicking, but I don't mean it to be. I'm just being honest. You'll see Baker throw to a wide-open player. That wide-open player has to, like, dive yep. or has to stop for the ball, something like that. It's like, if we hit these guys in stride, these are touchdowns. That's a miss, in my opinion. Yes, it's a completion. Yes, the yards count. All the stats count. Yep. But that's a miss by Baker. Yep. And I remember it against Philly. That happened two, three times in a row, almost, and won the same drive. He hit Higgins, I think it was, on a deep ball. And Higgins had to die for it. Great catch. All anyone said was, what a fucking throw by Baker. It was a bad throw. Higgins, if he could catch it while on his feet, it's a touchdown. Then the next play, I think it was uh, Hooper was wide open in the end zone. Yep. Baker missed him. And people were was like, that well, the it's, the, was it's that, the weather. Was
1: that the goal line play where they circled out to the left and he just had to lob it? Yeah, and he missed and it. And he went over his head. Yep. Yeah. That 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 play made me throw a fucking pillow at my TV. Yep. Instead, Browns fans are like, oh well, it's because it's the oh, weather. God. But the the two plays
0: before, he throws a fucking fifty yard yeah. bomb to Higgins, yeah. even though it's a little off, but he throws a fifty yard bomb sad. to Higgins, and then he misses an easy one and they go, Oh, that's the weather.
1: I mean, granted, his better his good plays are outweighing his bad plays this year. Great. Right. But I need to see more of those. In, in in running passes that were hits him right in the in the pocket right yep. to the breadbasket you know the over the middle passes that lead the receiver and not make him stop yep that's how injuries happen yep and then like you said those like Donovan other... Peoples Jones last right. week horrible pass horrible decision by Baker yeah, he had to go got up his for teammate that. fucking Absolutely. killed that's a, that's
0: a bad play yeah. by Baker that nobody wanted to talk about right then against the Jets all anyone wanted to blame against the Jets was Cody Parkey Cody Parkey missed an extra point and a field goal four points Baker turned the ball over. Three times. One of them allowed a touchdown to the those Jets. The other one allowed a field goal for the Jets. And the other one ended the game for the Browns. So those are huge turnovers. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, it was Cody Parkey's missed field goals. I'm like, are you, are you fucking crazy? Yep. Baker gave them 10 points and the game with his fumbles. <laughs> You're mad about four points. It didn't even make the difference.
1: The one good thing I'll say, though, is that it, I think this year, more than his first two years, is Baker's knowing that now, is that he his mistakes he understands what he's making mistakes and yep. i feel like he is trying to fix those mistakes you know trying to get better at what he knows he fucked up
0: he's making much better decisions yeah. i'll give him 100 credit that his
1: interceptions are way down and that's great he's he's thinking about yeah right he's reading he's reading the defenses yes. more he's understanding the defense is better now what threw him off last year when defenses were running those scheme plays where they would fake the blitz but back up, that's what threw him off a lot last year. Yeah. That's not working as much against him this year. He's actually reading that understanding, which is great, shows improvement. He's not sliding backwards. He's just not moving forward as quick as we probably want him to. I still think he's going to get better. And Definitely room for improvement. but like I think the Browns did what they we all thought they did. They loaded offense this year, and look what it's gotten us. It's gotten us one of the best offensive lines in the game. The best run game in the top three in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a good receiving core. I'm so glad that we figured out that Higgins is actually a fucking good receiver.
0: I would like to personally, like, I don't want to get too far in advance here, but or in the future. I want a wide receiver that's like six foot five. Can yeah. we get a tall fucking wide receiver in this team, please? We're
1: bringing Calvin Johnson off retirement. I would, I would love that, please, <laughs> by all means. Peoples Jones, I think, is going to turn into a, an amazing receiver in his own. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's a rookie year and great development doing. out of him. Look what he's doing right now. Yeah. I mean, he's this is just the guy like,
0: like never played the first few weeks no, of the season. Then he started playing against after OBJ got hurt against the Bengals. And he caught the game winning touchdown, made some huge plays he's and all of a sudden catches. he's never he, looked back.
1: He runs routes correctly. He, he doesn't right make mistakes. He needs to be there. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. So now this next year we load up on defense, I hope. Right. Yeah. And now you have ideally, what? What, what do you have next year? You have zero excuses,
0: right? It's and, just go out there and do it. Yeah. And then, then like, I got a lot of people that like the defense on Baker when I talked shit about him was, well, he's on his third coach. He didn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's learning a new system, this and that. And then I point them to other players and I go, well, look at Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert broke Baker's records in in Los Angeles. They just fired the coach, Anthony Lynn. So Justin Herbert's going into his second year. He'll be going into his second offense. He still managed to play great. Does that mean he's going to be great next year? We don't know. Only time will tell. But Justin Herbert was able to come in straight from college, brand new team, Brand new league, new coach, new system, everything. And he he broke uh, Baker Mayfield's touchdown records. He set new rookie records for a quarterback. It was impressive as fuck. But And they had a shortened offseason because of the COVID stuff. So he didn't even get a full offseason with his team. Still managed to go out there and play great. Set all these records, first year ever. So for fans that are like, well, Baker's got a new coach. I would listen to that. I I listened to the, the you can blame the coach to an extent last year for sure. Freddie Kitchens was a fucking joke of a coach. So that I understand. Did Freddie Kitchens throw the balls? No Baker did. So the inaccuracy and stuff that is on Baker to me, but with Justin Herbert, it's the same thing. Fans are like, well, you got Bakers in a new system. Well, so was, so were rookies. So are other players. Uh, I get it. He's a hall of fame. It's never going to even compare player wise. Aaron Rodgers last year, brand new head coach, Matt LaFleur. Went out there, played great. Technically, it was it was one of Aaron Rodgers' worst years ever last year. But it's better than we'll see in most quarterbacks ever in their yeah. career. Yeah. And then this year, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, I picked him to be the MVP before the I love season when you started. Say you
1: don't want to toot your own
0: horn. I, I'm just because I'm sarcastic. But yeah, you I just love fucking tooting, lay into your own toot, horn. Toot, toot, motherfuckers! I love toot my <laughs> own horn. <laughs> so yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I did say I think that them drafting Jordan Love would put that chip on his shoulder, and I think it did because he fucking killed it this year. Just Absolutely. lights out. But. Uh, we'll get back to that another time. We'll talk more about the the rest of the playoffs another day, but but yeah, just in terms of Baker again, I love the guy. I want nothing more. I have he is the main picture in my basement of my Browns memorabilia. It he is. is the centerpiece. I want him to be fucking awesome. I own more Baker stuff than any other player on this team, but I'm allowed to be critical because I demand excellence from my quarterback. I want. I understand Baker will not be like Patrick Mahomes probably, but I need him to be close. If I want a championship, if you want a championship, you need him to be close. You can't settle for, well, his stats are comparable to Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins, someone like that. Those guys don't win anything. I want his stats and his gameplay to be comparable to a Rogers, to a Mahomes. He needs, he's a number one overall pick. He yeah. play like it, play like a superstar. That's, all right. that's all I want out of him. And fans get mad at me because I'm critical. How are you not critical of your team? Are fans going to come away this Sunday? Again, I, I, I I totally missed this point earlier. I meant to get to it when I started talking about how the Bengals beat the Steelers a couple weeks ago and Browns fans kind of backtracked on their confidence. Our Browns fans, a couple weeks ago, that was, fuck, the Steelers are terrible. The Browns are going to smash them. They're going to win the division. Then we lost to the Jets. Browns fans took a little bit of a step back, and it was just, okay, I hope they bench people so we can win on Sunday and get to the playoffs. We do that. We barely beat the Steelers with their backups. Browns fans get their confidence back. Steelers suck. They're so beatable, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, again, we played their backup, so it's not it's apples to oranges to what we're going to be seeing tomorrow night, in my opinion. Now, if we lose to them tomorrow, the Browns fans just spent the last month saying how shitty the Steelers were. So if we lose, are Browns fans then going to go? Well, I mean, the Steelers are a pretty good team, and it's good it's good learning experience for the Browns in the playoffs, and it, I think it's good. It's just going to be funny how the Browns fans are going to like backtrack all their takes, and I guarantee this is exactly how it's going to happen. So you can you know I want you to know you heard it here first before it even happened. If we lose on Sunday, Browns fans will just say that, you know, the Steelers are a good team and it's good for the Browns. At least we got to the playoffs. It's a good experience, even though a week ago or even today, maybe they're talking shit about how the Steelers are so bad. They're so beatable. Ben Roethlisberger's old. He can't do it anymore. It's just funny how the confidence sways. I, I've i learned to kind of stay even keel with sports. I'm not a fanatic anymore. I'm just a, I'm a diehard fan with with common sense. That's how I describe myself.
1: Well, that's just how it's. I mean, it's every week. I mean, I I have my timeline. Tomorrow night is going to be every ten minutes of somebody updating a new opinion on what's going on. Baker yeah. makes a bad pass. He's trash. Baker makes a touchdown. Let's fucking <laughs> like, go, Browns! I don't go play by play. Like I, it, that's. I swear to God, there's like there's like five friends of mine that I follow on Facebook. That it's every. They probably post every every, every pass. freaking play. That's
0: the number one reason why I won't watch games with a lot of people, or I won't watch games at bars because I don't want to hear the person go. Who the fuck was he throwing to? Or what do you do? Why didn't you make that play? And right. it's like, you don't understand how hard that a certain play Like, if a guy jumps 10 feet in the air, the ball tips off his fingertips, he tried everything he could. Why the fuck didn't he catch it? It's like, well, because it wasn't
1: catchable. Yeah.
0: And like, I just can't listen to people that are just absurd. And that's, like why, that. that's why I, I, why I can't I, I do it. I sometimes
1: put an opinion out. Sometimes, like last week, I, I put out trash because I meant it. And I'm sorry to anybody disagree with me because they played, they were playing like trash. Yeah. And that's my the Trash play calling, trash Offense play, trash defense play, it was just all around trash. We yeah. didn't deserve to win last week. No. At all. We should have lost that game. Yeah, I agree. And we gave we it just it's my opinion. And of course the entire week. And and when we found out that we had COVID and Kevin Stefanski, I made the joke and said, You all fucking deserve it because you all were happy enough just getting into the playoffs. Yeah. We don't deserve to win this game now, yep.
0: too. And then, you know, I got I got a couple guys that, that took real offense to my Baker criticism. And so when Baker plays good, it's funny how how fair weather they are. When Baker plays well, they send me memes and shit on facebook and comment and say oh how you feeling today baker played great as if i'm mad about it right i'm happy that he played great but when he's bad take the fucking crow back when yep. i send it to you instead we lost to the jets i commented on this on one guy's post that that sends me baker shit all the time oh he was pissed he's like you're a fucking fake fan you're happy they lost i'm like i'm pissed they lost but you're blaming the kicker i'm blaming fucking baker who fumbled three times and these people are like i think it's just jess and Tara. Okay. they might have shown up uh simultaneously that's cool and uh so, I'm telling people, I'm like, you know, you, you can't talk shit about Baker when it's for me. When I'm when when he's bad, I talk shit and you're mad about that and you're right. telling me I'm a bad fan. Like, you, you can't have it both ways. You no. can't rub it in my face if he has a decent game. And then when he blows it and against when the you, Jets. then when
1: you throw it back in their face, they get offended. They're, oh, they're they get so they're, pissed. They're, they're That's when they you. tell me
0: I'm not a real fan. They are, they're upset with you. They tell me that I'm happy we lost all because things I said Baker does, he did, and it cost us a game. Yeah. They're mad that I pointed that out. Yep. And it's because I'm a fake you? fan. How dare you? I was fucking furious they lost to the Jets. I have fans that are friends that are New York fans in general. They're Jets fans, Mets fans, et cetera. They're super ecstatic. They got they got Francisco Lindor. It's funny because it was all within within a two-week span. The Knicks beat the Cavs. Yep. And I was texting them that day and I'm like, hey, fuck the Knicks. Like I'm talking shit just because it's funny. The Knicks beat the Cavs. So they're they're loving that. They're talking shit to me back. I, I take it. It's funny. We play the Jets. Jets beat us. They're talking shit. They're saying, "Wow, Cleveland's getting fucking owned by New York this week." Then we traded fucking Lindor then to we the got owned Mets. Even more, they are just loving life, rubbing it in my face, and I take it on the chin because that's what <sighs> sure. you do as a sports fan. Yeah, I'm you, not getting mad at them. These are some of my best friends. I you, love you, hearing you, it.
1: You bite, you bite down, bite the bullet. And but you move Browns on fans like.
0: just don't want to hear any criticism about Baker. I had people like nonstop on Twitter. My Twitter account got blown up by people, strangers, people I've never even met. Just because I was critical of Baker. Do people just save your name and his
1: weight for that day to get back at you or what?
0: No, I've never gotten – I haven't gotten anything from these people since. What happened at the time was uh, it was right after – I think it was right before the Jags game, I think. There was somebody posted a picture of Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, and it said, like, looking forward to these two leading the franchise for the next 10 years. There was another coach in the background, Chad O'Shea. I think he's our wide receivers coach. All I did was I retweeted it, and I commented on it, and I put – yeah, Stefanski and Chad O'Shea will probably be here for the next ten years. That's the only two people I see in the picture worth keeping. And somebody like tweeted—I oh,
1: saw that. I remember when you tweeted. And that. the
0: guy who tweeted it, I didn't follow him. Somebody retweeted it in my timeline. I don't even know who the fucking guy was. It's one of these like Cleveland fan Twitter accounts, whatever. So I tweeted that, just being a dick, and it led to so many Browns fans just trying to rip me about Baker. And I brought so many stats back. And I—I'm not trying to say this because I just—I'm I, a confident person or anything, or I don't want to sound like a like a, you know. I'm denying anything. I owned all these people in these arguments to the point where they didn't have anything to come back with other than the record. And I'm like, the record's great. Baker's completion percentage is down. He's missing wide open people. I'm like, I'm only being critical of Baker Mayfield's play. He needs to get better. And they were just, they were all, they'd go, well, we have nine wins at the time or you know, whatever, eight wins, whatever the fuck our record was. I don't even remember when it all happened, but then they would go to the weather thing when I would say, you know, he hasn't thrown a touchdown in a month. He's not doing great. Well, the weather. I'm like, well, the weather was bad for the opposing team, too. And Derek Carr threw a touchdown. Deshaun Watson threw a touchdown. Carson Wentz threw two touchdowns. Baker threw zero in those games. Did we win two of them? Yes. But still, it's possible. Baker needs to play in cold weather, in in rain and snow and wind. He needs to be able to do that. And these people are like, well, we're winning. Who cares? Like, you you don't care now, but when we go to the playoffs, if it's a snowy game and Baker sucks, you're then going to bitch.
1: My ultimate fantasy is to get to a – afc championship or something where we're in cleveland it's like five inches of snow yeah i would love to be at that game
0: i mean obviously the afc is dominantly on on the the east coast but think about it look at the future of the nfl for the afc patrick mahomes ain't going anywhere in kansas city he's going to be in our way to a super bowl for years to come that's cold weather in january lamar jackson lamar jackson i mean i don't think we'd ever see him in the late late part of the playoffs. Yeah, Maybe. them they're a little early, but I'm even going with just Josh, Josh yeah, Allen, Allen too, yeah. Josh Buffalo. Allen. It's 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 real fucking cold and snowy in Buffalo this time of year. And those are just things that Brown that fans don't think about. Like Baker needs to know how to play in this kind of weather because you're going to have to go through it if you ever yeah. want a Super Bowl. And just because I bring it up this year about how he sucked in bad weather, he needs to work on that. You're a fake fan. You hate Baker. Like, what the fuck's wrong with people? You can't accept any criticism? I'm sure behind the scenes, the coaching staff is telling Baker these exact things that I say. You need to work on your footwork. You need to play better in this situation. You need to protect the ball. Yep. But because it's behind closed doors, they don't even think about it. I say it out loud. I get shit.
1: Well, that's just because no one likes you. Nah, I don't care. Fuck them. I don't like them
0: either. That's why I talk shit to random people on Twitter all the time. I don't give a fuck. I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody.
1: You have that love-hate face, and a lot of people just tend to hate it, I guess. Uh, I'm okay
0: with that. <laughs> <laughs> the feelings are mutual to most people, so I don't give a fuck. But, uh, but yeah, so that's going to pretty much wrap it up this week. We'll do a quick rundown of the games. Uh, We'll do our wild card weekend picks. It's
1: 3 nothing already Colts.
0: Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. So we got 3 nothing Colts, uh, even though that game's underway because it is about, what, 1.30 right now? Yes. Um... We'll still make our picks. These aren't going to go for anything. I'm just going to jot them down just so I remember because I have a horrible memory. So I am going to go. Here's a J. JG
1: and K. All right. I'm going Buffalo in game one. Uh, yeah, I'm going Buffalo, too. Kyle's going. Even though I really want Colts to win. Uh,
0: don't get me wrong. I want them to win. I'm just yes. going. I'm going with my gut, not my not my heart. Uh, game two today is Seattle against the Rams. I In Seattle, the Rams have the Seahawks number a little bit. They always play them well. Jalen Ramsey is arguably the best corner in football. He can shut down DK Metcalf. This is the playoffs though. It's a little bit of a different animal. The Rams are banged up. Is Jared Goff even playing? I'm honestly not I sure. I
1: don't know if he is because I could have sworn he's questionable. They yeah. had the backup. They just had a thing yesterday on ESPN about it. Uh, the backup's been taking first strings. Yeah, Because
0: for those of you that don't follow it that much, Jared Goff just had a, a thumb surgery, if I'm not mistaken, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. So he missed last week's game, which was huge. It was a winner go home game. It was the the Rams against the Cardinals. Winner goes to the playoffs. Both starting quarterbacks were hurt. Kyler Murray played injured, got banged up, had to miss a quarter or two. And then Jared Goff missed the entire game. Rams were able to come out on top. So just because of that, I don't think Jared Goff is 100% uh I'm going to go with the Seahawks at home.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Seattle too, but it's a it's a pick'em game. The, the the No, I think it could be close. But the line's it, only three right now for Seattle. I think it
0: really depends on how healthy Jared Goff can be, and I think that's the scary part is the Rams kept it under lock and key. Yeah. So we don't know if Jared Goff's even going to be playing, if he's going to be healthy, what he's going to look like. Yeah, I'm so I'm just thing. going to go with the Hawks just on a strictly gut instinct, gun to my head, I have to make a pick. Tonight, Tampa Bay at Washington. Washington snuck in. Won the NFC East. They're below 500. It's embarrassing that they're even in the playoffs and that they're a home team. But they're going up against Tom Brady and the newly revamped Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fun stat for those of you that don't know. Tampa Bay this year is one in four, I think, against playoff teams. Or maybe it was just plus 500. So the the Washington Football Club doesn't even count because they're not plus 500. Right. But Tampa Bay struggles against good teams. With Baker Mayfield, their only one win was against the Packers. And
1: what does Washington have that's pretty decent?
0: Amazing defense. Yes, their D line is fucking incredible. Arguably the best in football. Their secondary is good. Chase Young wants wants to eat. (laughs) So. Part of me wants to pick the Washington I'm Redskins. Washington. Are you? I'm
1: taking the upset with okay. Washington. I'm really. I'm going for Tampa him. Bay I mean, just that's because. A smart pick, but I really want. I'm going to go on the opposite side. I want. I want to see. Okay. I want to see Chase Young take a piece of Tom Brady. Do I show. think
0: they're going to make it closer than a lot of people think? Yes. Do I think overall Tampa Bay just has better firepower? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going with Tampa Bay.
1: It's a dumb pick and for me, but I want to see it happen until
0: I see Tom Brady lose in the playoffs. Like look bad in the playoffs. Yeah. I can't pick against him, even Absolutely. on a new team, even with Bruce Arians and not Belichick. So what a
1: story that would be, though. Oh, it would be upsets. awesome.
0: I mean, be, I, I, don't get me wrong. I want nothing more than Tom Brady to be out of the playoffs. And that I'm offensive of that line for Tampa Bay is not the greatest. It's not the greatest. It's it's, it's decent. Um who is their rookie? Tristan Wirfs? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. guarding. He's been playing really well at left tackle, but he's going against Chase Young. Yeah. Chase Young is no fucking joke. Chase is not a rookie. He's a rookie, yeah. but he's not a rookie. He's arguably, he's already <laughs> the best defensive yeah. end in football, almost. Yeah, so
1: He's not a rookie rookie.
0: So yeah, so that's that game tomorrow. One o'clock we have Baltimore Titans and, and Ravens, yeah. Titans. Uh, Titans are at home. If you remember last year, Titans Another ran pick all over to Baltimore. To pick three. Em. Yeah. Uh, just because of his his history and I, until proven otherwise, I'm going Tennessee. Uh yeah.
1: Uh, no, I'm going Baltimore. Okay, I'm going to go Baltimore. I feel like the last Baltimore has four, been playing hot. The last four or five games, Baltimore's came into a kind of a, a hot streak here. I just think. Derrick Henry's woken up again. But I again. think the memories of last year's playoff and, game yeah. might be haunting him. <laughs>
0: and I just think they know how to play against Lamar Jackson. Again, I'm going back to their defense is not good. The Titans defense. But that's their passing defense. Lamar Jackson, I don't think, I've, I've said it a million times, I'll, I'll die on this hill. He's not a good passing quarterback. No. If they can shut him down in the run game... <laughs> Because obviously Baltimore had the best run game in football by like 400 yards because they have a rushing quarterback, so that helps. I think he was like the first quarterback to get multiple thousand-yard rushing seasons in NFL history, so good for him. But you're an NFL quarterback. You need to learn how to throw the fucking ball for every yep. once in a while. So that being said, I'm going Tennessee. Uh, then we have the other NFC game. It is the Saints against the Bears. Uh, Bears. Ten-point spread. Ten-point spread, but a lot of people are saying that that Chicago defense, their gritty offense— could cause trouble for the, the the Saints. The Saints top pass rusher is out. That being said, I'm still going with the Saints. I, I think too. early in the season, I really don't remember who I picked. If you can remember, please help me. I don't remember at all. I think I know I picked Kansas City from the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. I want to say I picked the Saints or the Packers. I really don't remember which team I, I think.
1: Picked. It, I think your NFC was Saints and Packers, and I think you picked the Saints to go. Okay, I believe.
0: So I'll just I'll stick with those two for now until we you know see what happens. But obviously the Saints can't get to the Super Bowl if they don't win Week One in the playoffs. So right. I'm going
1: with New Orleans. Yep, I'm going to Saints too. I just don't think that Chicago. I mean Chicago. It might be a good game, but I think at the end Saints are better at ball control and and Drew Brees is just Drew Brees.
0: Right. That's I I look at it too. There's a lot of rumors going around and they're at home. Yeah. There's a lot of rumors going around that Drew Brees has, has kind of behind the scenes said this is going to be his final year win or lose. So I think he is going to go out there with all of his heart. And they're they're, uh, reportedly they have a healthy Michael Thomas back. Alvin Kamara is now back from the COVID list. Fresh. Uh, Taysom Hill is out, which could cause issues for them. I think if I'm not mistaken, he's in concussion protocol. Um, But yeah, give me the Saints. They have a good defense, too. Overall, they're a good team. Uh, They were close to being the number one seed, so I don't think they choke away in the playoffs. I think Sean Payton also going against a guy in Matt Nagy who, if the Bears would have lost or missed the playoffs, I think he probably would have been fired. So that's a guy that's hanging on for dear life for his job. And I also think it was funny because they needed a a win to get into the playoffs last week against the Packers, or they needed a Cardinals loss. They they lost to the Packers and then they got a Cardinals loss. So they didn't even really deserve to be into the playoffs, right, the Bears. Right. So give me the gimme the Saints. Last but not least, we have the Browns and Steelers. I think all of you we pretty much already gave our opinions, at least I did mine. I'm I'm going with Pittsburgh unfortunately. I hate to do it, but I think there's too much going against the Browns. I think in a playoff week where game planning and management and and coaching is so fucking important. The Browns have none of it. We had no practice this week until yesterday, Friday. That's pick your
1: pick your winner and your score.
0: Okay. Um so without a head coach, without practicing, without multiple players from COVID. Well,
1: Any practice yesterday
0: last night? Right. But today. one practice in a week for a playoff practice. game is, is not good. We're talking
1: about practice. When you
0: need to prepare for the playoffs, when you have a guy like the Steelers, you have Mike Tomlin, a multiple Super Bowl winning cha- coach. You have a team with multiple Super Bowl champions on it. Just a good team overall for the most part, the Steelers. I'm not a die. I'm a diehard Browns fan, but I'm not one of those delusional fans that say the Steelers suck. There's a reason they're twelve and three. Did they have some easy schedule games? Sure, but they are a good team. Let's not let's 12, 12 not bury them. Hmm?
1: Twelve and four. Twelve and four. What did I say? Twelve, 12 and three. three.
0: Yeah, whatever. Oh, you know why? It's because I was just looking at Ben Roethlisberger's stats. Yeah, he's twelve and three because he yeah. didn't play the last right. week. So right. that's my bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Always an excuse my bad. To no, no, I'm wrong. just. I
0: literally just saw it, so that's why it was in my head of twelve and three. I obviously I know there's sixteen uh, games know, in a season, so yeah, they're twelve and four. I'm not knocking them. They're they're a good team. I think that they are going to win this game, because again. Without Kevin Stefanski there, again, I, I think Kevin Stefanski is the coach of the year. So without him there to do game uh, halftime adjustments, in-game adjustments, things of that nature, you got to go with the Steelers. I am going to go Pittsburgh because our defense is so banged up and not very good. I mean, Mason Rudolph put 22 on us, and I think Ben could do a little bit better. They were also without Marquise Pouncey, so off, their offensive line gets a little bit healthier and, and a little stronger. Uh, we're without too many people. I think we're just too much against it. I'm going Pittsburgh, 34, Cleveland, 24.
1: Okay. All right. I'm with you, too. I'm taking Pittsburgh uh, with the same – pretty much the same reasons, I believe. However, I do believe that um, Kevin Savancy being out will be a little hindrance, but I think at the same time that he has – he has such a good surrounding coaching t- offense, like coaches mm-hmm. around him, mm-hmm. that I think that him not being there isn't going to throw that much of a hiccup into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, what, is it Pipe Pilfer? Pilfer? Uh,
0: yeah, Mike, Mike Prefer. I Prefer. He's yeah, been I a coach before. Yeah, he, uh, he was a head coach for one game. Right. an interim spot because he was with uh, the, the Vikings, and that was when Mike Zimmer had his issue with like his eye. Right, right. So he had to miss a game last minute, and Mike Prefer was the interim head coach for that one game. So right. he has one game so of head he, coaching experience. That, they lost.
1: And they're not going to rely on him for anything other than being in the role of head coach. And right. They, Van, Pelt's, he's calling he, the plays Van Pelt's still playing the calls. And he's been
0: calling the plays all year.
1: Yes. So I think that's going to help a little bit. Yeah. I agree with the in game adjustments. It sucks that the—I I can't believe that the NFL doesn't allow you to call in at halftime. Like to call Well,
0: the the one thing that a lot of people said, and I get it, it's 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 risky, it's dangerous, you can't do it. People were saying, You're not allowing fans into the stadium. How does Kevin Stefanski not get his own private entrance, private booth, let him sit and, and coach the game from up top? No one's even near him, quarantine him in the stadium, but then they say, Well, he's not allowed to enter the stadium because he tested positive for COVID, so that's why he's not allowed to be there. Yeah. Call me crazy. I think there are ways you could literally let him pull in, in his car and Tell all security, get out of the way. This is Kevin Safansky. He gets out, walks in, goes up an elevator, goes into his thing. You follow him with a fucking hazmat cleaning crew. The, the Jimmy Haslam will pay for it. Spray everything down. Let him go into his booth. Sit there by himself. Watch the game. Yep. Give him a cooler with all the fucking water, beverages he needs, wants, whatever. The bathroom he needs to go to. Give him to. everything he needs and a headset to talk to his team and, and, and coaches and everything. Legal. Everything good. No, no t- yep. cell phones. Yep. No nothing. I I feel like they could have let that happen in a stadium. I mean, I don't know how the I don't know how uh, Pittsburgh Stadium is in terms of like suites it's and coaching boxes and shit. Is, so. But you mean to tell me he can't even sit like on the fucking other side by himself? You well, have an empty stadium, stadium set
1: up. He could sit across the bridge and still see into the game. Exactly.
0: So, so there's ways they could have done it. But I understand the NFL, the NFL has their strict policy. <laughs> He's not allowed in the stadium. They don't want him doing anything with technology and stuff like that. So I get it. It's I shitty. I think
1: any other coach, like say a Rex Ryan, was in this situation. He would push, push, and push. I think he'd get his way, but I think that just speaks to who Stefanski is.
0: Do you think Bill Belichick would have missed this game? Fuck no. Exactly. Fuck no. I mean, Bill Belichick's already using illegal technology in games, and he's been caught for it plenty of times. <laughs> so he <laughs> would I'm have already had like an Kevin established Stefanski point.
1: just sets the tone as calm and... and, and... Every scenario, it's it's not too big, it's not too small. I can't coach, fine, no problem. And that's, Belichick probably that's already has. That's the tone has. he sets with his entire team, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's amazing.
0: Like you've seen the Kingsman movies.
1: Yeah, oh, I love those movies. Belichick
0: probably has those glasses, so he could have like had McDaniel's wearing them on the sideline, and it <laughs> would have been Belichick right doing it, like <laughs> <sees right> <laughs> with like brain control.
1: But my final score is I'm gonna go Pittsburgh twenty four, Brown seventeen. Okay, a little low scoring game. A little bit. I just think the Browns are going to be a lot hyped up. I think they're going to make some defensive plays, but at the end, I think it's going I, to be. I
0: do agree. The 24 for me was even kind of tough to put up there. Yeah. I like Seeing the Browns scoring 24 yeah. could be tough because with Hayward, with TJ Watt, it does hurt our our, our our running game a little bit. Without Joe Batonio, that hurts. That's a killer. So if we can't establish the run game and really get moving, I think it is going to be a long day and a low-scoring day for us. Um, so, yeah, that's it. I mean...
1: It's go, a lot to catch up on, but hope for
0: the best. Prepare for the worst. That's the only thing you can do as a Cleveland fan.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens and then go go Browns. Go Ohio State Monday. It's a nice football weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, Super unfortunately we weekend. are
0: downers because we have both Ohio State and Cleveland losing in back to back nights. But... We
1: do. Uh Bills are now up seven to three.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, that could be the end of it for the Colts already. Yeah. But uh but yeah, we're gonna log off here. We're done. Uh, I'm gonna upload this episode for all of you motherfuckers, and we're gonna I'm gonna watch some football. So same here. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.